The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. <laughs> Welcome uh, to the show. Great to have you here. 888-933-93. It is Pat Gray Unleashed, and that actually is the phone number. <laughs> I, I filled in for Glenn today, and giving out the phone number is so confusing now yeah. when I do his show. Uh, and it used to be confusing doing this one because I was used to the other one. No, it's completely flipped. Anyway, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to as much as we possibly can. Um, one of the things, of course, uh, we we've got more on the on the budget, which is great because hmm. Republicans are, you know, in there fighting for us. Really? And yeah. Oh, oh that's a late breaking development that they changed and they're going to be working for us now. Well, I mean, no, but oh. you know, they're fighting for someone, <laughs> and they're fighting well for themselves and their own power base. And the ability to say, hey, I got a lot of extra money, a lot of pork in there for for you in my district, in my home state. Put in a lot of pork in there that we can't afford. But I put it in there anyway because we'll just print more. Yeah, well, They're like Lay's potato mm-hmm. chips. You spend all you want, yeah. we'll just print more. Just print more. Never run out. Not a problem at all. Not a problem with that. <laughs> uh, also, there's some more... Uh, Sexual assault allegations. Scott Baio is being attacked again. This is an interesting one. Former child star Alexander Polinsky has retained attorney Lisa Bloom to represent him in his fight against Scott Baio. She, she's the attorney that is representing Nicole Eggert, who is also accusing Baio of sexually abusing her. Now, Baio has quite a bit of evidence on his side. Like... Nicole Eggert saying great things about him and how much she loves him and how great it was to work with him and she'd love to work with him again. Well, now she's saying he sexually abused her. He's saying there was a consensual uh, relationship that she instigated when she was 18 years old. I mean, he admits to having sex with her, but he says, yeah, that was mutual. Okay. And she was of age. But this little, this uh, boy uh, claims that uh, during Charles in Charge, he uh, was assaulted by, he claimed uh, physical assault and mental abuse. And he also now claims uh, sexual abuse as well. And he's backing up Eggert on her claims. So I don't know if these people just hate Scott Bale. I don't know. It's really hard to understand what's going on here. He uh, is one of the few that vehemently denies any wrongdoing in this. Someone else who denies any wrongdoing is is Sean White, who won yet another gold last night in a brilliant performance. Mm -hmm. Snowboarding, did you watch? Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, he was really good. I mean, he, he had to lay down a run that was extraordinary, and all the pressure was on him. He was down to his last run. He was behind the... The kid from China, uh, and he oh, was it Japan. Japan, yeah. Okay, and he he did everything he had to do and and pulled it out. So good, really great, and it gave us another gold medal. Yeah, I'm, I am, however, tired of hearing about a 31 year old man being ancient 
in the sport. Uh, right? Because uh, uh, this guy right here that you're hearing Golly, the voice man. of, um, he's much older than that. And that makes me feel very old. So, um, let's, yeah. uh, let, you know, he's a young pup, that Sean White. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. At 31, well, in the, in the sport, though. Don't ruin it for me, Pat. In he's the sport. Young. No, he's young. In the sport of snowboarding. <laughs> No so, qualifiers. I- anyway, <laughs> he uh, as soon as he wins the gold medal, the questions start on the sexual harassment he's accused of. Uh, he has a band, a rock band on the side called Bad Things, and the drummer was a female, Lena Zaweda, and she's accused him of sexual harassment in a lawsuit that she filed in August of 2016, alleging <clears throat> Sean White repeatedly sexually harassed her and, quote, forced his authoritarian management style on her for over seven years. That kind of crap, I just don't buy. I'm sorry. No, he's not forcing anything on you because you don't have to work for him. You don't have to be in his band. If you don't like his authoritarian style, get out of the band. I got no time for that. Now, if he's sending her sexually explicit and graphic images, like she says, then he's despicable. And he deserves whatever comes to him. But he denies that. Um, attorneys representing both parties didn't respond to requests for comment. Although Sean White's attorney has said multiple times he, he denies this. There's a, it lacks, how did they put it? Uh, merit. Merit. <laughs> yeah, it lacks merit. <laughs> Which, that's not the same as saying it's a lie, right? That's... It seems like a different statement. It lacks merit. Mm. That's kind of a soft statement for that. That, I think... I would call it an absolute lie yeah, if I, it's not true. I think lacks merit means like it's not uh, in the jurisdiction of the court. Uh, yeah, that's weak, deal. right? That's weak. Doesn't that seem weak? Yeah. I don't know. I, it's just really tough right now because you just don't know what to believe anymore. You don't know who you can count on and root for and be happy about. I mean, Sean White, come on. I've loved the guy for the last four Olympics because he's winning gold for our nation. I love that. I don't want to have to say he's a douche. I don't want to. Hmm. But if it's true, then you got to, right? It's, I, I don't know. It just makes it really, really tough. But if your boss... Or the leader of your band has an authoritarian management style? <laughs> get out of the band or move to another job. Because it's just not worth it. And I don't know how you put up with it for seven years. And then you say, well, I was subjected to an authoritarian management style for seven years. Why? Were you enslaved? Did he have a gun to your head? Did he threaten to kill you if you left the band? If the answer to those questions is no, shut up. Is that too harsh? I don't know. I don't I don't think it is, frankly. I really don't. I'm just I I think we I think we deserve to uh put a little bit of responsibility on um on some of these people who claim that they didn't they didn't like their job, but they stayed in it for so long. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to. Well, yeah, but there was an unusual uh, power dynamic. I don't want to hear about your unusual power dynamic. (laughs) Well, yeah, but he had an authoritarian management style. Yeah, okay, then leave. Well, yeah, I couldn't because of the power dynamic, though. I didn't feel like I could. (laughs) That's not a thing. That's not a thing. (laughs)
But, uh, wow. Speaking of the Olympics, um, Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir are getting a lot of notice right now for their unprecedented Olympics commentary. Really, is it more the commentary or the outfits and the bouffant hairstyle oh, of Johnny Weir? It was a little bit more under control last night, however. It, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. The the days before that, though, you had like this huge, I don't know, beehive hairdo. Yep. As much as you can do of a beehive when you got short hair like he does. <laughs> Straight from the capital uh, city in Hunger <clears throat> Games. Good. Y- yes. <laughs> He dresses kind of every night as if he were the commentator in Hunger Games. Yep. And that's fine. <laughs> uh, it's just that it's not kind of a distraction to NBC's coverage. I don't know. A lot of people are lauding it. A lot of people love it. Uh, and they like the flamboyant style. They like that they're, you know, marching to their own tune. After a successful run in Sochi... Uh, the pair were bumped up to primetime in Pyeongchang, <clears throat> serving as the lead commentators for NBC's men's singles, ladies' singles, and pair skating. And they used to have, and I really wish they still did, Scott Hamilton and mm. Tanith White. I saw him on the pregame show. Oh, over you did? on uh, NBCSN. Okay. They were going through different moves and stuff, so it was good to see him, at least in some respect. Yeah, there. I'm glad. I'm glad they've at least got him over there covering something yeah. because he's great. The first hour, like an hour's worth of uh, like pregame. So he's actually been displaced by Johnny Weir. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Okay. And no, it's not because he's gay. I don't care about that. Hmm. It's because he's not as good. To me, he's not as good as... as uh, Scott Hamilton. Hmm. Maybe Goes with, it's the hair. It's the hair. Hmm. Because the Scott hair. Hamilton can't do the bouffant deal. Yeah, he's bald. I think we just cracked the code. <laughs> he's bald, so it's a little difficult for him. He's got like a like Keith Melanac head. <laughs> too much. I too can, soon. I can hear too the soon. other room in yeah, there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what? I, I Maybe I should put a hat on. <clears throat> maybe. Well, except you can't. What? But uh, because we're on TV and that's unsightly, uh, Keith. Say what's unsightly is my scalp. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, according to this article, it goes without saying that we are Lipinski, who recently told GQ they cemented their friendship after a week-long stint for Universal, <laughs> Universal Sports in 2010 that ended in foot rubs, are different from other figure skating commentators. Yes, you could say that. <laughs> For starters, they wear bedazzled headsets and coordinating outfits. And we're not talking just similar colors. They rock matching sequined ensembles with bold accessories. For the final night of the team competition, Weir wore a jeweled collar covered in massive stones while Lipinski was in a one-shouldered dress, every inch of it covered in silver sequins. Their wardrobe is a major part of what they're known for as a team. And it takes over 20 suitcases to fit it all in. Jeez. Uh, doesn't that contribute to global warming, NBC? Isn't, isn't NBC the network that did a broadcast by candlelight because they were so concerned about global warming? Now they're okay with 20 different suitcases for the two commentators? I don't know. That seems a bit much for the planet. So that's, uh, let's see, 
20 suitcases, two weeks are over there. Yeah, 18 days, yeah, actually. So, okay, 18 days. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, that's uh, we got 10 per. I'd call that about 200,000 tons of CO2 emissions. Yeah, it's almost, yeah. that's not. Mm. And you can take that to the bank. I just did that scientifically can in you my head. put it in your pipe, too? Yes, but don't smoke it because that, too, would contribute to global warming. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Got more on this and and uh, your calls coming up. Uh, CosmoHurtsKids.com is on a mission. Of course, the founder and we've talked about this many times. Victoria Hurst. Now she's part of the Hurst family. The Hurst Corporation actually publishes Cosmopolitan the magazine. You would think there's I don't know a conflict of interest there, but she's actually not trying to drive them out of business. She's not trying to take away their free speech or censor the magazine in any way. She just wants states' material harmful to minor laws. It's a mouthful, but all it means is that minors can't buy the magazine because of the laws that they have in the state that apply to pornography not being purchased by kids would also then apply to Cosmo. Pretty reasonable. I mean, where's the, where's the drawback here? If you don't want your kids subjected to the kinds of articles and photography that that are in the magazine, and I mean... Such despicable, vile stuff sometimes. You, you couldn't even read the headline on the radio. So if you believe, as I do, and Victoria Hearst does, that we should try to keep pornography out of the hands of kids, check out her movement. Visit CosmoHurtsKids.com. Do that today. CosmoHurtsKids.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome, Triple Eight Nine Hundred Thirty Three Ninety Three. I don't know. What do you think? If you've been watching the Olympic Games, <clears throat> excuse me. What What do you think of the Tara Lipinski, Johnny Weir coverage? Hmm. Apparently, <clears throat> the feedback that NBC has gotten so far has been, they claim, overwhelmingly positive. I believe it. Twitter seems yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's a lot different. It takes a little getting used to because they're so flamboyant and over the top. And But I do like the honesty. And some people are having a problem with that, apparently. Because they're not complimenting everybody. They're actually saying, okay, if that was a bad routine, they're saying that's a bad routine. Well, I, I want to know the truth. Um, One commenter, uh, or uh, let's see, we're on Instagram... About his coverage, one commenter said the reaction uh, to both of their outfits and the commentary, I don't know what I'm looking forward to more, the skating or your commenting. Another thanked the pair for not only their critiques, but their expert knowledge of the sports. Refreshing. It's also educational. Too often when watching, it's hard to tell what's good and what's not good of the commentators over compliment. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Uh, there has been some criticism. Some people have called them nasty, and they've blasted their harsh criticism. Have you forgotten what it's like to be on the ice? Enough with the nasty comments. Be constructive. You just can't please everybody. 
you know. Uh, we are hit back saying he's a commentator, not a complimenter. He said, explaining falls and rough skates is hard because I've been that skater and truth can hurt. But I would never be able to do my job without telling the truth about every aspect of figure skating and the performances you'll see. Keep in mind, again, it's figure skating we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Not nuclear war. Uh, The pair who are known mostly to uh, a lot of people as Tara and Johnny aren't aren't going to let their haters get to them. They become known for their style of commenting. And uh, since Sochi have decided to put honesty above everything else. <clears throat> I thought that Scott Hamilton was pretty honest. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just... yeah, he doesn't hold back. No. Um, he made it watchable. Uh, for someone like me that absolutely does not care about the world of figure skating mm-hmm. scott hamilton just talked like a regular guy didn't try to talk over your head i will say this though he never wore sequins so thankfully you gotta get him out of there yeah get somebody who can look well flamboyant in sequins you know t- talking about the olympics and the figure skating in particular Adam Rippon is making himself the 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 most. Um, this is the gay skater, unlikable, yeah, American oh Olympian that I can remember. I guess since what Tanya Harding. It's almost so bad. I'm. It almost causes you to root against him. And and honestly, I I, I wanted him to do badly the other night. I didn't want the judges to to take care of it for him, but it was just like, dude. I Could know. you please control yourself? And he, he is—he is, he really likes himself. No. Oh. And I haven't heard anyone refer to him as America's sweetheart except for him. Which <laughs> I have no problem talking about. You know wh- uh-huh. what I've said, right? Uh, because I stand by it. But I think right now right. Mm-hmm. the Olympics are about, are about Olympic competition and the athletes involved. Mm-hmm. I don't want to distract from their Olympic experience, and I don't want my mm. Olympic experience to be about my pens. Um, you know, I want it to be about my amazing skating and um, <laughs> being America's sweetheart. Did Mike Pence uh, do you a favor wow. by elevating you to wow. a place where you can reach out and talk to young, struggling kids, as, as we talked about yesterday? I think um, my hard work... And to getting to the Olympics did me a favor. Jeez. I think I worked really hard to okay. get where I am. And I didn't get to where I am for being gay or for speaking out on different issues. I got to where I am for working really hard. Yeah. I think that me using my voice has given, given my skating a greater purpose of than just something that I enjoy to do. It's given me a voice to, to reach to young kids. I've gotten so many messages and it's, Mm -hmm. I could even get emotional thinking about it, but like I've gotten so many messages from young kids, like all over the country, um, that my stories resonated with them and it's incredibly powerful. Like, this platform that you can have at the Olympic Games. And I've uh, heard a lot of people like, well, Adam Rippon should tone it down and blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I can't. 
I can't tone it down. I'm being me and I'm being myself and I would be doing myself an injustice and I'd be doing an injustice to those kids who don't feel like they're comfortable to be themselves. And what I'm saying is I'm magnificent and I just, I can't hide it. I am so fantastic that it's, it's impossible not to exude fantasticness every time I'm around. What am I supposed to do? You can't turn off this kind of magnificence. You can't. I, I love that. That is something else. <laughs> what does man. he say? He says, I don't want this Olympics to be, to about, be my- about my gayness. That's well, he's the one who did this. He's the one who did it, right? He's the one who yes. made it about gayness. Well, He's the one who made it about Pence. Yeah. I don't want it to be about Pence. Well, then why were you tweeting about him and yelling about him from the beginning And of I the don't games? want to meet with him. Mike Pence has commented once, to my knowledge, about this, and it was in a tweet from the official uh, a Twitter account of the vice president's what office. What did he say? And he, it was to Adam Rippa. Adam Rippa, I want Rip you to on. know. Yeah. Rippa, on, sorry. Mm-hmm. I want you to know we are for you, all caps, for you. Don't let fake news distract you. I am proud of you in all caps. All of our great athletes. And my mean, only hope mm. for you and all of Team USA is to bring home the gold. Go get them. Wow, it's all about Mike Pence, huh? This guy, he loves attention, and yeah, he, uh, he wins the gold for, uh, for that, for sure. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, he's, this is unlike any Olympian I think I've ever seen. And he's just a distraction at this point. Yep. Uh, he also says it doesn't effing matter about being a gay Olympian. Here's that rant. I would have to say, you know what? Um, being gay and being an athlete, um, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Like being an athlete, you need to go out there. You need to be strong. And I think sometimes people might perceive like gay men as not being strong or not being, you know, fighters. It's not true. Um, being an athlete takes a lot of guts, takes a lot of courage, and that's what you need to remember. Your sexuality has absolutely nothing to do with this. And you know, in the past few weeks, I've never talked about my eyebrows, and I've never talked about being gay so much in my entire life because it's never been a big deal. It's not a big deal to me, and you know. I, in so many articles, it's always gay Olympian Adam Rippon, and I wear that title really proudly, but yeah. I'm not a gay Olympian. I'm just an Olympian, and now I'm an Olympic medalist. Okay, this is the opposite and of I also happen said. to be gay. That's part of who I am. It has nothing to do with how I got here. I mean, that's unbelievable. I mean, dude tweeted a picture of him and the other gay American Olympian because they're gay and it said eat your heart out mike pence but it's not about it shouldn't be about mike pence and it shouldn't be about the fact that you're Uh gay that's Uh all you've made it about and no one nobody nobody would be saying anything at all about you being gay if it wasn't something you you tweeted or commented about every moment of every day shut up this guy yeah it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a fun olympics that's all, as he said, he's never talked about it more in his life. Well, that's because he's talking about it all the time. <laughs> if he didn't, nobody would even, I mean, you might assume or you might have your thoughts mm-hmm. or your opinions on whether or not he's gay, but we wouldn't have known. We don't care, man. Don't, I don't care. <sighs> I just, like everybody else, I just want the Americans to win, do well. That's what I want. And I don't, I don't care about your sexual preference. It's none of my business.
Uh, but he has made that front and center. He's made it everything he's about. He's so full of himself. He's done. He has acted the opposite of that entire babbling rant. <laughs> but he can't help himself because he loves the attention so much. America's sweetheart. America's sweetheart. Self-proclaimed. I mean, please. <laughs> Triple eight. Nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. There is a ton more to get to. Got all this Rob Porter stuff going on with the president. Will it cost uh, John Kelly, chief of staff, his gig? Probably. We'll get into all that coming up on Pat Gray Unleashed. Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Seems like we're not the only ones incensed uh, by this Adam <laughs> Ripon thing. Uh, wow, the unmitigated gall of this guy. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, also, we have all of this uh, Rob Porter stuff to deal with. Uh, here is a guy who apparently there were rumors about his background with his, uh, th- I guess, three ex wives that he's been battering them. He's also hap- he also happens to be dating Hope Hicks right now. Uh, so there's a lot going on. But how did the guy get hired in the first place after the security check if it turned up that he's a batterer, a wife abuser? Uh, nobody seems to know the answer to that question, or at least nobody's giving answers yet. And apparently there was some evidence or at least rumors. So they investigated and came back with, yeah, it looks like he did it. There's some evidence here. And the timeline is somewhat in dispute as to when they knew and what they knew and how they acted. So now uh, Chief of Staff John Kelly, General Kelly, is his job is very much in doubt now. Because if he handled this in a way that uh, looks bad, he's going to have to go. He's just, he's going to have to be fired or asked to resign. And it's really too bad because he's, he's a fantastic uh, chief. Of, he's probably the most stabilizing influence in the White House. And without that stabilizing influence, you know, things can get a little bit out of control. <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> kind of interesting timeline that uh, I saw from... New York Times, in 2003, he married Colby Holderness. Uh, The couple had just graduated from Harvard and Wellesley College. And she says that while on their honeymoon in the Canary Islands, Porter kicked her during an argument. First problem, don't kick your wife. (laughs) For that matter, don't kick anybody. Right. Just don't kick. Just don't kick people. Don't kick anything. Okay, so two years later, in 2005, they're on vacation in Florence. And she says 
Ms. Holderness says she took a photograph of herself with a black eye, which was taken shortly after Porter punched her. Uh, After the photos were published, Porter said that the images were misleading. He said, I took the photos given to the media nearly 15 years ago, and the reality behind them is nowhere close to what's being described. Okay, well, she has a black eye, says you punched her. What is the reality? How did she get the black eye? That's a little unclear here. I guess somebody has thrown out something to the effect that she had a run-in with a glass. (laughs) Did the glass punch her? Did the glass fall off a shelf into her eye? Did he throw the glass? I, I don't know. So in 2008, they divorced. Then in 2009, Porter married Jennifer Willoughby. During their honeymoon, she says, he frequently became angry and yelled expletives at her. Well, a lot of people do that. She filed a protective order against him in uh, 2010, saying that after he violated their separation agreement, he came to the apartment and punched the glass in the door to their home. He punched the glass. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. The glass might have made him angry. <laughs> Could have. In, in 2013, they were divorced. Then in 2016, a woman dating Porter at the time reached out to Willoughby and Holderness, the first two wives, seeking advice on how she should leave him because he was abusing her. Um, now, she says, I work in politics, and despite Rob's repeated abuse, some of which I think many know about, he continues to rise, and I'm afraid to go against him. I'm sorry to bother you. I wanted to reach out and hear your story, if you're willing to share as well as how you broke out of it with him, and mostly how you recovered. That's what she wrote to the other two, the two ex-wives. Then in January of uh, 2017, Porter became the White House staff secretary and assistant to the president for policy coordination. It's a pretty big job. He's responsible for paper flow to the president, and then later was involved in drafting... uh, even President Trump's inaugural address, which was awesome. So he told Donald McGahn, the White House counsel, he was concerned about his former wives coming forward with potentially damning accusations. Uh, They kind of ignored that. Then FBI agents interviewed the ex-wives and his girlfriend and um, found some issues. In March of last year, the FBI delivered to the White House a partial report on problems in his background. Now, they didn't detail what was in that report or specify who at the White House received the information. So it's unclear a little bit how much they knew and when they knew it. On April 24th, uh, the second ex-wife, Willoughby, published a a blog post that said why I stayed in the abusive marriage with him. Uh, She later uh, apparently tried to remove that post. It's kind of confusing. And will we ever know the truth? I don't know, but uh, it's, it sucks. First of all, it sucks if they had an abuser in the white house on staff. 
Secondly, the mainstream media is never going to let this go. Thirdly, somebody's head is going to have to roll. It's going to have to. Trump's kind of hand is being forced now, probably on John Kelly, and he'll probably be fired very shortly. Uh, 888-933-93. Walter in Pennsylvania, you're on the blaze. Walter, you there? Mm. Did we lose him? He's speechless. We lost him. And we barely got to know him. That's I mean, really sad. Uh, we'll come back to him. Maybe he's just not paying attention at this particular moment. But further on down the timeline, uh, the second ex-wife confirmed uh, with White House officials that his security clearance hadn't gone through. According to the second ex-wife, she recalled him saying uh, someone had told him that there was a violent allegation and that was what was holding up his security clearance. How did this guy get into the White House? That's not good. And, you know, the problem is, to be consistent, you got to be upset about this because we were pretty upset about all the violations under Obama. How did that couple that uh, wasn't supposed to be <laughs> at the White House event, do you remember that? Who were they called? The, the whatchamacallits? Um, yeah. uh. And they were there over and over again? Yep. And, the, and they, they shook hands with Obama. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so you have to be concerned about the security violations when it comes to the president of the United States. It's an issue. In November of last year, the FBI delivered to the White House the results of the requested follow-up. Two people briefed on the matter said that by November, Porter had been interviewed by the FBI. Uh, then Sarah Huckabee Sanders said yesterday that the security office received from the FBI in November what it considered to be the final background investigation report and started evaluating his request for a security clearance. Wow, clear back in November. White House officials and people briefed on the case said the FBI delivered a thick file on his background, relayed that he was unlikely to succeed in receiving permanent clearance, They said the security office officials encouraged the FBI to complete their investigation so the office could make a final decision on whether or not he was going to be cleared. Sarah Huckabee Sanders said she wasn't aware that anyone in the security office communicated in November to any senior official in the West Wing. So frankly, I don't don't know what to believe on this timeline. But this is going to be a real issue and a real problem for President Trump uh, especially in this environment. Man, as we've got the Me Too movement and the uh, Time's Up thing and the Enough is Enough stuff, and then you throw this into it, along with the allegations of misdeeds by the president himself, this is going to be ugly. This is going to be ugly. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Then you throw into that, we've got a gold medal winner who's also being accused of this stuff. And if all of this wasn't enough, Mm. Scott Baio? Scott Baio from Charles, not from Charles in Charge. Yes, that's Scott Baio. No, not not the guy from Jody Loves Chachi. Yes. And of course, the other tie there is that he's a big supporter of the president too. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... Do we have do we have the interview of uh, Kellyanne Conway, where she says 
she was asked if uh, I don't think we have it. She was asked if she was uncomfortable with Hope Hicks dating Rob Porter, and she said, "Well, no, because she's a strong woman, and I, I don't think she'd put up with that." Well, are you saying only only non-strong women that everybody who's been abused is weak? Then, <laughs> no, I'm not saying. And she explained it, and still she's being accused of saying uh, exactly that. That if you're strong, you can't be abused. (laughs) Of course, nothing could be further from the truth. That's not what she was saying. But this is is what's going to be made of all of this. Casey in Washington, welcome to The Blaze. Hey. Hey. Uh, It's good to talk to you this morning. I just wanted to pass on that even during the Clinton administration, that uh, uh, from a little birdie I knew uh, in the White House, said that an FBI agent had quit trying to get the clearances uh, for the staff, and most of them couldn't get it because of background changes. Oh, wow. Said that they couldn't do it. So, you know, it's a continuation of the Democrats that, you know, they come out and they point fingers, but excuse me, only put a mirror in front of them. Have a good day, sir. You too, thanks. The difference is, I guess, a little different environment, though, back then. Right? So this is going to be made a much bigger deal than any security uh, clearances that that the Clinton administration couldn't get for their people. And we're never going to hear the end of it. On top of that now, we've got the really good news that Michael Cohen, the president's attorney, admitted he paid uh, Stormy Daniels, the porn star, $130,000 to keep her mouth shut. He says it came from his own bank account. (coughs) So they're trying to eliminate, obviously, the campaign finance fraud. (laughs) Oh, boy. But this is an admission that she was paid off. Now, can they possibly say, well, yeah, we paid her off just because she was making these false allegations. We didn't want to have to deal with it. You could absolutely say that. And I think that's your only defense. Because if she was paid off, obviously the president had something to pay her off about, right? Man. That's a mess. And he won't say why he did it out of his own pocket. (laughs) No. Right. So. So it's a mess. I mean, honestly, just think about this for a second. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's say I were, uh, I, I were guilty of, like, I was the guilty party in this for this affair with a porn star or whatever, and I didn't want it to get out, but I couldn't trace it back, you know, to me. Are you going to pay just out of your pocket, Pat, to to help me out? Are you going to do that? No. To cover up what would essentially be an affair to keep out of the public eye? No, I'm not. Okay. No, I'm so not. So what, um, what if I uh, had $130,000 and I was just like, dude, just put this in your bank account and you write the check and just say uh, say you'll do that. You'll do that for me, right? Yeah, uh, No. No, I would not. Uh-uh. Okay, but but let's just say you said yes. <laughs> but see, let's say you said yes. Uh-huh, There's okay. got to be some sort of trail of the money coming from me to you. Yeah. Before you wrote the check out of your own free will. So none of that is defensible now because he made the admission. So they have made the payment, and that is fact. And this is why we asked the question weeks ago: If this is true, does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing matters, and man. I don't. I don't think it does. Happy Ash Wednesday. So the admission is there that they made the payoff. The only defense now is we only paid her off because she was lying 
about the affair with President Trump. And we didn't want to have to deal with this during the campaign. Hmm. That's the only thing they can say, right? That's the only thing they can say. I'm of the mindset, if you're innocent, then just... That's what I think, too. Let the chips fall where they may. That's what I think, too. Triple eight. Oh, boy. 900-3393. All right, let me tell you about real estate agents I trust. This is a great group of realtors. It's a great way to buy or sell your home. And it was started because Glenn and Tanya were so frustrated with their experience in Connecticut several years ago. So they wanted to put together a team, a network of realtors across the country um, that were really good and had been vetted vigorously on things like experience, their marketing plans. What kind of character do they have? And what kind of results do they get and have they gotten for their clients? And then maybe the most important aspect, their listeners to the Glenn Beck program. And that shows that they generally have the same principles and values as you do. There's over 1,200 of these agents across the country. And when you go to realestateagentsitrust.com, you can find one near you that will help you sell your house fast and for the most money. Or if you want to buy one, you can do that with them too. Let our agents earn your business. You're going to be really glad you did. Get your property moving with realestateagentsitrust.com. This is Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns. On the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for being here. 888 We were talking about the uh, Kellyanne Conway interview where you, you just can't win in this thing. I think it's Jake Tapper, right, that interviews her. Take a look at this. This is amazing. When the president is saying, talking about yep. due process, he's right in this way. We are a country of laws. There is due process. That's absolutely right. correct. Yes. But we as individuals have a duty to assess every everybody on a case-by-case basis. And in this case, you have contemporaneous police reports. You have women speaking to the FBI under threat of perjury. You have police reports. You have photographs. And when you look at all of that pulled together, you realize that Rob Porter did the right thing by resigning. It sounds like you believe the women. I I have no reason not to believe the women. And a week ago, I had no reason to believe that 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 had ever happened. Mm. So there you go. And now she's being accused, though, because it goes further. Well, uh, what about Hope Hicks? No, what about that? Uh, Hope Hicks is dating this guy. Aren't you afraid for her safety, for her very life? And she says no, because Hope Hicks is a strong woman. Are you saying that, that no strong women can be abused? No. <laughs> saying that. She actually goes through that, too, and they still accused her of it. I'm not a big Kellyanne Conway fan. Believe me, as the president would say, believe me, I'm not a fan of Kellyanne Conway. I think she's a terrible spokesperson. Hmm. But to make a big deal out of this and just to twist her words into something it wasn't, it just shows the unmitigated, outrageous, nonsensical hatred for her and for the president and the entire administration. <clears throat> it, it, it makes our dislike 
and distaste for Obama pale in comparison. It makes the way we felt about Obama look like the way we felt about Ronald Reagan. That's not how much they hate this guy. Uh, Craig in Michigan, welcome to the blaze. Hi, Pat. Hi. Uh, I just wanted to give you a piece of information that I'd heard. I'm not sure you guys had gotten it yet okay. or mentioned it if you do have it. Um, I guess one of Rob Porter's ex-wives, she issued dis- she a public statement saying that she'd want him in the White House because of his character and other things. She wouldn't want anybody to date him or marry him. She doesn't want to be married to him, but because of his character, and she thinks he belongs in the White House. Wow, really? But you don't know yeah. which, which ex-wife that was. We'll have to look for that. I, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, take a look at that. All right, thanks, Craig. Uh, that's amazing, because if she's talking about his character and he belongs in the White House, uh, character is the issue we're talking about here. With a wife abuser. Maybe he just wasn't good to be married to, but uh, he's still a good guy. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. This whole thing is very, very difficult. <sighs> but at least there's curling. <laughs> I'm not sure how that makes anything better. At least there's curling. Well, you, you yeah. like it now. Uh, well, that's a stretch. That's, I'm sorry? That's a little generous. Photographic evidence uh, posted <laughs> online 22 I, hours I ago. I can tolerate it a little bit now. It's a little more interesting to me than because it was. you understand it now. It wouldn't be my go-to sport, however, I'll tell you that. Hmm, well, that's a, that's a shame. Yeah, it is. Hmm. But we have is. We have video, by the way, if you're ever interested in watching today, of some home curling. Uh, so if you want to get to that at some point. Uh, home curling? Yeah, home curling. Yeah, okay, course, I'm, curling. I'm interested in yeah. that. Let's, can let's, we play the home curling? Take a home look curling. at home curling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's one yeah. of those robot vacuum cleaners. The Roomba. The Roomba. And they they got a Swiffer, and they're sweeping in front of it with a Swiffer. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, that's funny, right? Okay. Okay. That's how to clean your floor right there. <laughs> That's great. Okay. I hate those Roombas, by the way. Yeah, they, me too. They don't really do what they they're don't do anything. supposed to do. <laughs> the technology has to come a little bit further before yeah. those are going to be completely <laughs> effective in what they're supposed to be doing. You know, you know what you do with a Roomba? Uh, once every four years, you pull it out and let it roll across the wood flooring in your house. And, Just so uh, your dog will bark at it. <laughs> do a little curling. <laughs> home curling. Or the home curling thing, which was, that was actually fun. I'm glad yeah, you like that. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. But you're watching curling now, correct? Oh, you're like crazy. I don't, I don't miss a moment of curling. So when does so are is are they curling today? Are they curling tonight? Uh, my schedule when, here. Okay. When do the? I mean, if you're going to push this on me, mm-hmm. you got to know the schedule so I can at least well, attempt to look at it. I, I, I'm I'm a little upset right now because my computer. Closed. I had to restart it earlier today, and so my mm-hmm. schedule that was open up all week now is closed. Is closed. But I can oh, tell no. you that mm-hmm. the men last night they played the host country. I'm the, sorry, the American Korea. The American men mm-hmm. played Korea. They played Korea, and uh, they won. The men did. The, the men won their uh, opening uh, round oh, robin game. Yep. All right. And let's see. They won that one uh, eleven to seven. And then the women played their first game against Japan, mm-hmm. and they lost 10-5. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. So the curling action heats back up, but not too hot because it'll melt the ice. Uh, the women and men play again uh, tomorrow. Um, 
But be careful what schedule you read because some of them say the date in South Korea and some say the date here, and it's very frustrated just saying. It's, it's one of the problems with these Olympic Games. Everybody's talking about how the uh, ratings are down so far. Well, mm-hmm. part of the problem is the tape delay and the and the time difference, which makes it really difficult. Yeah. To, so. And if you aren't careful about how you set up the alerts on your phone, it ruins it for you before uh-huh. it happens on your TV. That's correct. Mm. All right, 888 More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. We have a couple of uh, school issues to deal with here. Get your thoughts on. One of them took place in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex in an area called Birdville. Birdville ISD, that's Independent School District, (laughs) has disciplined a teacher because she handed out a questionnaire to sixth grade students. Sixth graders. Mm. They're 12. Uh, and this questionnaire asked them to rank their level of comfort with people of different races, ethnic- ethnicities, and sexual orientation. Hmm. 12 years old. Okay. The how comfortable am I questionnaire was distributed to one class at North, Rich- North Richland Middle School uh, just last week. And one of the moms said she was shocked when her 12-year-old son came home and, and showed her the questionnaire. I wasn't ready for my son to be exposed to these type of, types of things. Oh, you, what a hateful person. Uh, get ready because <laughs> it's happening. It's on. And you just need to deal with it if you don't like it. So the assignment goes through 41 different scenarios and asks them to rank how comfortable they are with each of these scenarios on a scale of 1 to 4. One being, I'm not comfortable at all with that. Four, I'm completely comfortable. The assignment included, again, to 12-year-olds, statements like, a friend invites you to a gay bar. (laughs) Well, you know, that's not likely to happen at 12. (laughs) Since, I don't know, it's illegal. Uh, And here's another one. Your sister invites her new boyfriend to dinner. Her new boyfriend is a female-to-male transsexual. How comfortable are you with that? So they give the give out this questionnaire without any any input from the parents at all. Uh, they don't have to consent. They don't have to like it. They don't have to even know about it. And they just distribute it to these 12-year-old children. Actually, the fortunately... The school district was actually irritated by this as well, and they disciplined the teacher in some way. They said, we agree the survey was not appropriate, and disciplinary action was taken. Didn't say what they did. Would you be, how angry would you be (laughs) if your 
your kid's teacher hands out a questionnaire with things like, so how comfortable are you when a friend invites you to a gay bar? Well, I'm 12 years old. I <laughs> I don't know that it's a likely scenario. I mean, why? Just that question should say, not appropriate for your class. Yep. Public maybe, education. Maybe you teach them to read and mm-hmm. write. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you teach them about his, history, uh, historical events, uh, people in history. Maybe, I don't. Here's an idea. Why don't you teach them the Constitution of the United States of America? What's that? Yeah, it's an old, dusty document that's irrelevant now, but I mean... Then why are we teaching it if it's irrelevant? You know, well, we don't, it. actually. Oh, we, okay. So yeah, we don't. Got that covered. So that's one of the uh, school issues that has arisen. Here's another one. In Utah, an elementary school has told their students... Uh, well, let me, let me read it from, from the standpoint of a mother. A Utah mother is concerned when she found out her child could not reject a classmate's invitation to dance at a Valentine's Day school party uh, because it's against school rules. They told the children, if you're asked to dance, you cannot say no. Excuse me? Uh Uh-huh. Natalie Richard, whose daughter is in, again, sixth grade at Canesville Elementary School in Weber County, uh, told Fox 13 in Salt Lake City that she was shocked to hear her child uh, tell her that she couldn't tell a fellow student no if he asked her to dance at the upcoming event. She was confused, and she said, no, honey, I'm, I'm sure you misunderstood what they were telling you. That, that, that can't be how it is. <laughs> the daughter's teacher, however, <clears throat> confirmed that, oh, no, they, uh, that's how it is. Her daughter has to say yes and has to accept the proposal to dance. Oh, boy. So still concerned, the mom uh, took her plate to the school principal, who, quote, basically just said they've had this dance set up this way for a long time, and they've never had any concern about it before. If that's true, that is unbelievable. Wow. That either... Well, I mean, maybe it's the case that no child has ever told their parent, I can't say no to somebody who asked me to dance. But if they knew about it, if they knew that your your little girl must say yes to whomever asks you to dance, whether you want to or not, uh, and nobody complained about that, that's unbelievable. So much for having control over your own body, as they like to preach. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. A spokesperson for the Weber School District told the uh, TV station that in an effort to promote kindness, the administration wants students to say yes when someone asks you to dance. (laughs) Just shut up. Wouldn't it be unkind if a boy asks you to kiss him and you say no? You can't say no. If he asks you to kiss, you have to say yes. Thank you. We're trying to promote kindness Kindness. here. Kindness. (laughs) If a boy asks you to take your clothes off... right. Out of kindness, you have to say yes. Yeah, you want to be a good friend, you know? What horrific precedent are they setting here? This is un Our kids have no chance. Real. Public schools are government-sanctioned child abuse, as far as I'm concerned. Your kids go yeah. there. They don't mm-hmm. learn anything. They're forced to do crap like this. And um, then we test them on it. Then I'd we be, test them on it. I'd be out of my mind pissed off at this at this principal, at this school, with these teachers, 
The mom said she understands their perspective, but she said that forcing children to do something they don't want to do kind of, you know, sends the wrong message to the kids. There are many other ways to teach children how to be accepting than with a social dance. Sends a bad message to girls that girls have to say yes. Sends a bad message to boys that girls can't say no. Boy, that sure does. Sure does. That nails it. Wow. They're so blind to all of their... To any common sense. Just common sense and human decency. Ahead of the voluntary dance, students select five other students they want to dance with on a card. What? The district said if a student is uncomfortable with one of the five choices, that's certainly something that can be addressed with the student and parents. Okay. You know, so they can, they can address it with the students, and then they'll be told, no, it's, that's a, an illegitimate concern. You're going to have to say yes. Okay. Let me tell you something. Part of life is you're going to have to learn how to speak to other people. Uh-huh. Not everything's going to be through a text or an email. Mm-hmm. Not everything's going to be through a, a freaking card where you write down your top five choices in your class that you mm-hmm. want to dance with. Are you sure about that? You're going to need to learn communicative skills in person. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, when I get to college okay. and somebody says, hey, uh, let's go make out. Okay. If I don't want to, I still have to do it, right? They well, still have to. First of all, are they talking to you face-to-face? Because yeah. that's an accomplishment mm-hmm. in of itself. Yeah, it is. So so <laughs> if that actually does happen, first of all, two points for them. Mm-hmm. But yes, if you don't go make out with them, guy, girl, somewhere in between, mm-hmm. yeah, then you're A, a hater, mm-hmm. and B, should probably get expelled from the <laughs> university campus. Because that's where we're at. Oh, it's, it's such a ridiculous... I, I mean... This, you talk about liberals eating their own, and here's a liberal f- philosophy that's going against, you know, everything else the liberals believe in. Like, this is a rape culture. Well, okay, if that's what you believe and you're telling a girl she can't say no to a boy, what have you just done there? And this is in Utah. Yeah. Like, the reddest of red states. I think literally it is. It is. It's over. Man. Good night, America. That's oh, just, just nuts. Our kids have no chance. Like, kids literally have no chance in this world. Then we've got this trend, which is kind of exciting, too. American and, and European educa- educators uh, believe the time has come to eliminate the concept of best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That's in an effort to encourage kids to be more inclusive. Hmm. Stop having a best friend. That means that others aren't, they might just be your friend, not mm-hmm. the not the very best friend. <laughs> the movement gained international attention when Prince William and Kate Middleton enrolled their son, Prince George, in a prep school in South London last year. News reports on the school indicated The school encouraged students to, quote, be kind, unquote, to all their peers, which is just what the Utah uh, school is doing. Be Mm -hmm. kind. Just say yes to everybody, whether you like them or not, you want to or not. Mm -hmm. But it included discouraging students from having a best friend in favor of being equal friends with everyone at the school because all of life is equal. All of life is fair. I know that. I love those words. We know that to be the case. Life must be fair, and everything must be equal. (laughs) 
a lot of in New York, there's reports that some schools are considering right now banning best friends. Oh, shut up. How do you what, get? Uh, I, I mean, uh, clinical psychologist Dr. Barbara Greenberg. There we go. Said that the idea is catching on in schools. <laughs> she said there's been a movement in some American schools and European schools to ban the phrase best friend. The idea of banning the phrase best friends is a very intriguing social experiment. Oh, there we go. Let's experiment with our children. With our children. Can we um, have a top five list? Because uh, it works in Utah, apparently. Yeah. Can we just have a top five friends list that we're going to dance with? Greenberg acknowledges simply banning the phrase best friend won't stop children from having close relationships, but might encourage kids to be more inclusive in their friendships. I see kids come in all week long who are feeling dreadful because they're excluded and because they are either nobody's best friend or their best friend has moved on. <laughs> Let's face it, you can't ban somebody from having a close relationship and you can't ban somebody from having a best friend. But what the schools are trying to do is foster the idea of kids having more than a single friend. Yeah. <laughs> We're in such trouble. <laughs> it's, I mean, is that, wait a minute. Uh, am I hearing the clippity-clop of the fourth horseman riding oh. through town? Yes. Yeah, I they've, think so. They've saddled up. I think so. They've watered up. Mm-hmm. They have passed through the town square. They're galloping through it right they are now. about to knock on the door just outside here. Shoof. All right, what if I told you that there's a new product that will allow you to safely practice shooting your gun privately and in your living room Wait, or bedroom? What? That doesn't sound safe at all. It doesn't, does it? <laughs> However, through this device, it is completely safe and fantastic. Ammo is really expensive, so mm-hmm. ammo's not involved either. There's also range fees. The, the, then there's the wear and tear on your vehicle and going back and forth to the, and to the range. Waiting for a lane to open. All of that. But now, just by using your cell phone and a proprietary app, which uses a laser in place of the bullet, you will detect exactly where your shots are hitting the target. Nice. Go to iTarget. It's the letter I and then the word targetpro.com itargetpro.com and watch the video and you'll see what we're talking about it's fantastic you just stick the the your phone into the device and then you point your gun in into which you put in this i i guess for a lack of a better term it's a bullet laser yeah it's like a little it's a bullet mm-hmm. that's a laser yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then you aim and you and you fire it's awesome and it and you see and hear where it hits on the target from that. It's just, it's such a cool, such an in- such a cool innovation that is just incomprehensible. Really amazing. And and right now you can save ten percent with the offer code PAT P A T when you purchase the iTarget Pro system. Competitive shooters uh, dry fire ten times more than they live fire, and the new iTarget system will take your dry fire practice to a whole new level. This is going to be fantastic, and you'll save time. You'll save money and improve your skill all at the same time safely and effectively. So go to the letter I, TargetPro.com. Offer code PAT, iTargetPro.com. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
Unleashed. Welcome. 888-900-3393. Apparently they found some new ancient rock art that they discovered in Saudi Arabia that shows more than 6,600 depictions of wildlife that they had no idea was around that those parts, proving the area was home to a vast range of creatures in prehistoric times. The engravings, some of which uh, date back to 8,000 B.C., include images of rare antelope, aurochs. I don't even know what an A-U-R-O-C-H-S. Aurochs? A-U-R-O-C-H-S. I don't know what that is. Well, it's obviously... It's cattle? Uh, hmm. It's an extinct species of large... I'm just off the top of my head. Wild cattle that <laughs> inhabited Europe, uh, it's just Asia... North Africa. Were they gigantic or something? It's the ancestor of domestic cattle in European bison. Cow the size of an elephant? What? What? Uh, no, it's just, huh. uh, well, it's, a, right. whoa, it's, yeah, it's bigger than a, hmm. taller than a dude. Oh. Uh, so it had these oryx. It had what, the wild camels. Look at that. I mean, don't they have camels now? It's like oh, yeah, taller that's a big, than a That's a big cow. Yeah. Uh, but it also has horns. It's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. I don't want to meet that anywhere. So it had images of rare antelope, hmm. oryx, wild camels, and African asses. I'm sorry? Wow. You're not allowed to say that <laughs> back to back like that. It was previously not known to live in the area, these uh, African asses. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Although the area is now a rocky desert, experts believe <laughs> it would have it would have been a haven for plant and animal life up until about 6,000 years ago. Wait a minute. Did they have some sort of global warming event 6,000 years ago that completely altered the landscape? (laughs) Those darnable SUVs. Ugh. It's our SUVs that are killing our rare antelope, oryx, wild camels, (laughs) and African asses. There's no African asses left in the area because of global warming. The engravings uh, are really shocking, apparently, scientists. Now, which is shocking to me because I thought scientists knew everything. (laughs) I thought science and scientists were infallible. And when they tell us something, we must believe it. Otherwise, you know, we're just dopey deniers. Mm Mm-hmm. Researchers from the Max Planck Institute for the Science of Human History in Jena, Germany, studied rock art at UNESCO World Heritage Sites. They looked at more than 6,618. More than 6,618? What? I don't know what that means. Well, how many? Was it like 6,619 then? Steffi math here. If so, why don't you just say that? (laughs) (laughs) Just say it, man. But they looked at all those uh, rock engraving panels that provide insight into ancient life in the Arabian Peninsula, which we currently know very little about. Again, how is that possible? I thought science knew everything. Right, right. You you may want to check your email because Christian in the other room tells me that um, uh, Hitler tried to bring back these... uh, The Oryx? Yeah, the Nazi super cows, they're called. So I sent you a link, and I'm looking at it myself right now. They went extinct in the 1600s. And uh, I guess Hitler had a thing for him. Look, it's a cow. No, it's a horse. 
No, it's a Nazi super cow. It's a goose-stepping cow. Uh, yeah, according to this article, mm-hmm. scientists say they're well on the way to resurrecting an ancient species oh, of super... Oh, good! They're still working on bringing a dead animal back. Super cow revered by the Nazis after it went extinct about 400 years ago. The auric roamed the grassy plains of Europe for 250,000 years. Well, plus, now we know Saudi Arabia as well. Until it died out in Poland in 1627 and Adolf <laughs> Hitler's followers tried to breed a okay. similar beast okay. as part of Aryan mythology. We, we got a problem, Pat. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I scrolled down. Listen to this paragraph. I have to ha- Oh, no. There's a guy who believes... Okay, they say by 2025, mm-hmm. we should have the seventh generation of Neo-Oryx. They're going to be as close as possible to the originals. But here's Mm -hmm. the scary part. Mm -hmm. In 2015, a British farmer was forced to kill off half his herd of auric-derived heck cattle because they kept trying to kill him. (laughs) This is going to work out so great for us. It always does when we we mess with nature. It's going to be Jurassic Park in reality, but instead with giant cows. We we wouldn't have seen it coming. I mean... That's why we have the old phrase, hmm? you really should mess with Mother Nature. Wait, no, that's not right. That's, it's not? No. Well, it's the actual... It's where you should what not. What are you mixed? Oh. You should not. Huh. You're missing something there. <laughs> okay, what... The aggressive breed was produced by German zoologists <laughs> and brothers Heinz and Lutz Heck. Y- you gotta love Heinz and Lutz. Sure. Right? Yeah. Whom the Nazi party commissioned <laughs> to produce a breed of cattle based on the oryx, a taller and leaner animal than today's cows. Oh boy, not good. What Germans did with their breeding program was create something truly primeval. Oh good, well let's continue Nazi experiments. That's interesting. They actually tried and apparently were somewhat successful bringing them back, but then they stopped because they were trying to kill their owners. Yeah, they're like, we're taking over this continent, not you cows. When the Germans were selecting them to create this animal, they used Spanish fighting cattle to give them the shape and ferocity they wanted. Oh boy. They turned the rogue cows into very tasty sausage <laughs> that tasted a bit like venison. This ain't going to end well, y'all. <laughs> this is not good. Uh, I don't care for this uh, trajectory. Man. Mm. That's, okay. uh, what an amazing uh, what an amazing time we, we live in. <laughs> Just amazing. By 2025, they're going to have uh, accomplished this uh, feat. Seventh generation of them. Wow. I mean, that's... Seven years from now, mm-hmm. we're screwed. One one of the key findings uh, on the rock walls back in uh, Saudi Arabia now were images of an antelope called Lesser Kudu, which has distinctive spiral horns and before now was not believed to have been in Africa. Oryx, the ancestors of modern domestic cattle, were depicted in the drawings as well as wild camels. Are... are are there domesticated camels? Does anybody keep them as pets? Yeah, yeah. You mean seen, wild camels? Yeah, you've seen, you know, you got dog houses in America. Over there, there's camel houses in the backyards. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, can I take my uh, emotional support camel on a flight if, uh, next time I go? If that is not allowed, that's hate. And discrimination. And all of the Against above. the handicapable. Mm-hmm. Because I need my emotional support camel. We all do. And if you don't let me get him on this flight, I'm going to sue your airline into non-existence. Yep, and my camel's going to spit at you. Yeah. This spit is, at you if you don't give him an aisle seat. I mean, what a society. What a civilization we are now. It's just crazy. I've given up. Experts believe that this area in Saudi Arabia 
would have been home to an abundance of vegetation that flourished under monsoon rains. Now, keep in mind, again, this is 8,000, 10,000 years ago. Uh, Prior, I believe, I'll have to, you know, really check my world history, but I'm fairly certain there were no SUVs at the time. I'm pretty sure there were no coal-fired plants, and yet something turned that area into a desert all those years ago. Hmm. 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 Some people, you know, the superstitious, have claimed that the two million degree burning orb in the sky has something to do with the weather on this planet. (laughs) I say poppycock. Wait, what? Uh, That's ludicrous to even believe. We all know only CO2 causes heat. Mm -hmm. So... I'm not sure what spiked the CO2 at the time. Maybe it was these giant cows, these super cows, dispensing their methane gas through their massive cow farts, and maybe that's what killed them. I don't know. Huh. I don't know, but I, that's all I can. That's the all I come up, can come up with uh, based on climate change. Yeah, and I wonder if to these, account for it. How gaseous? How gaseous do you think these oryx are? Well, from the look of them, very. I mean, they, they're big boys. So. Yeah, and they're only eating vegetation. What does that do oh, to you? Oh, oh, oh. Triple eight, More Pat Gray Unleashed. And they're Chew the Fat with Jeffy coming up. Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns. Face, doesn't it? Puts a smile on your face. That uh, music means it is uh, time for chewing the fat with Jeffy. Man, today is a good day. Today is a good day. It's Valentine's Day. Yeah. It's Hump Day. It's mm-hmm. Ash Wednesday. I mean, Ash. Yeah. That's what I said. Ash Wednesday. Like something else. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I said. Uh, boy, uh, our illustrious leader, uh, Glenn Beck. Uh, mm-hmm. Called in sick today, I noticed, on the radio show. I mean, I came in and said hello to mm-hmm. you and Stu as you right. covered for, uh, for Glenn on the radio show. Uh-huh. Uh, amazing day, uh-huh. Mr. Back to be sick yep. uh, on Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Uh, he tweeted out, uh, in fact, he tweeted this out uh, during the radio show, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Valentine's Day dream come true. If you're watching on Blaze Television, you'll see the tweet. Mm-hmm. From Glenn Beck himself, Tanya and I are spending the entire day in bed mm. with the flu. Mm. Fifty Shades of Green. Wait, that's Glenn with Tanya? That's funny. I thought that was uh, <laughs> Colonel Sanders laying there with Tanya. <laughs> are we sure about this? Well, I, and also, I'm not quite positive. I mean, do you do you take the Tanya's sick out of that tweet, too? Because <laughs> if that's the case, mm. yeah. I mean, then I kind of feel sorry for him. Yeah. But if she's not sick, then it's a ruse. <laughs> just to put on actually does look like they're both uh sick yeah it does yeah. yeah that's what you get out of the tweet so gosh darn it now i can't be mm-hmm. can't be mad at him for pretending to be sick right that kind of stinks i wanted to be mad at him for pretending to be sick <laughs> <laughs> sorry so i know yeah right mm-hmm. figures mm-hmm. 
figures. Mm-hmm. All right, so we, we knew this day would come uh, sooner than later, of course. Uh, Boston Dynamic had uh, we've seen their little dog, you know their their big uh, their big dog that they uh, created uh, not long ago. Their dog robot uh, walking through their four legged dog robot, and uh, it was just uh, you know walking through a warehouse. Four legged dog walking through a well, four legged robot dog walking through a warehouse. But they said, hey, you know, why doesn't that thing open doors? And so they've developed their new uh, Boston Dynamic uh, spot mini. Mm-hmm. And doors. as it uh, walks around, it opens doors for the other robots. Mm-hmm. And uh, this uh, could mean that we are closer to being doomed than we think mm-hmm. uh, with the robots. Uh, here we go. If you're watching on Blaze Television. Uh, oh, the, look at that. That's now, really this cool. is the regular four-legged dog. This one is like, oh, boy, there's yeah. a door. I can't get through. I don't know what I'm going to do. And here comes a opener dog robot that says, move out of the way. <laughs> Let me open the door for you. And he puts up his little head dog arm, opens the door. I'm creeped out. And lets the other one out. Have a nice day. Uh, That's pretty cool. Oh, my gosh. Or creepy. Right? And wow. have a nice day. Wow. Look at this guy. Just like, thanks for opening that da, door da, for da, me. Da, Look at that. Have a nice and day. Now, goes, the no. dog that opened the door can also uh, walk goes through. through it. I don't like it. Now, there's an episode of Black Mirror. Wow. Okay, but these are all... I mean, it's not doing that on its own, right? You've got a remote control do all that to it. Uh, it's programmed. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, it's more than programmed. It's remote but, controlled. But like I'm that. saying that, uh, you know, it's coming, Pat. <laughs> they're not going to have to be that's what i'm humans that's watching. what i'm wondering but we're not there yet right I... they're not acting independently they're still being controlled yeah. by humans. as far as i know yes yeah there's a black mirror episode uh that has robots looking similar to that yeah that are killer robots. oh really yeah and uh it's uh it's really frightening uh-huh and uh you see the the great scene and and uh they could not get the episode uh, they up have in time yeah they got it they're oh, ready okay for great you. yeah okay ready. great i thought we were gonna have to i was gonna promote that you could watch it tomorrow morning on the oh. morning blaze okay uh you so, can actually watch it today no you know what on, i don't want to hear it, on man. pat gray unleashed so here it is <laughs> let's do it it's the killer robots that look just like those oh, there he okay. is with the knife Coming after the lady. Oh yeah, that that looks exactly. Like I know, the, like the Boston Dynamic. Now she's she's already scared of it, so she pours paint on it, so she knows it can't see, right? Oh, oh smart. yeah, yeah. So smart. it goes crazy because she's already fought some. You know, she's already fought some a little. And now, she, and she's got her, and she makes the noise, so the robot goes where the noise is. <laughs> uh oh. And she runs out with the shotgun. Look at that. Wow. Okay, yeah. Now, in the end of that episode. Uh-huh. That's cool. So you've seen uh, the episode? In the end of that episode, mm-hmm. she uh, destroys that particular robot. Okay. And she's feeling pretty pretty good because I kept waiting for that robot to just kind of be like the walker robot, mm-hmm. you know, where it comes back to life. But she destroyed it. She blew it apart with a shotgun. Okay. And then she looked up and. No. There's more of them. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, there's more paint. <laughs> <laughs> so did she good. get killed in the end? Don't 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 don't. How about, right. oh, okay. How about Black Mirror on Netflix? How now Black that? Black Mirror is a different uh, group of people every time. Is yeah. is like a like Twilight Zone? Twi- yeah. I was going to say like Twilight Zone. Yeah, only modern day. It's probably a pretty big guy for you. So why is there like big the F word? Yeah, it's a big guy. There's, big a lot of, guy. there's a lot of big guy stuff in it. Nudity so or just language? Have, but yes, a uh, big guy all the way around. Oh, really? 
language and uh, everything. Too bad. The, it looks intriguing. The very first episode, the very first Black Mirror is one of my favorites, actually. And it's where they, and it's a. Uh oh. It shows the Prime Minister of England. Yeah. Uh, has to uh, do it to a pig uh, to save his daughter's life. I'm sorry? What? And, uh, uh, on, uh, on camera, on video. That's just sick. And, what? and, the, and, and he does. And that happens? He does. He saves, and his, you saves his daughter. You see it? He saves his daughter, and then it jumps to what? afterward. It jumps to afterward. It's just fascinating to watch the uh, outcome of stories like that. That's did, really did they fall in love? Is that what happened no, at the end? No, or? but the, the wife, sick. he does it to save his daughter, right? Uh-huh. To save his daughter's life. Yeah. Okay, so then you then it jumps forward to him still being prime minister, and the wife comes down, and the wife will not even touch him. I don't blame her. What are you talking about? I he just don't. did it to save the daughter's life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seriously. I, I got that. Yeah, I heard that part. And still, it, that makes sense <laughs> to me. Uh, so. It doesn't to me at all. <laughs> I've given up. It doesn't, I know. it doesn't to me at all. You know, uh, there's another Netflix show. <laughs> That is based on a kid who's in his mid to late teens, I think, like 15 or something. I think he's literally 15. And he is a serial killer. And he meets a girl and befriends her because he wants to find the right time to murder her. Uh, but which, one he, is, which one is that one? I, oh, I can't remember what it's called. Because I haven't seen that. I'm I can't a little disappointed what it's called. in myself. But along the way, I think he becomes End friends. And yes, okay. yes, the effing. Oh, and F, end and, of the world. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. I have. Yeah, I need to watch that. It's on my. The F word is in the title of the show, yeah, I mean, and so then the what? show is so twisted and bizarre. <laughs> I know. I love it. Uh, wow. Wow. Netflix has taken their resources, which are about five billion a year in new programming, and pumped them you into know, just I sadistic, much, weird well, stuff. They, yes, they have in some of their stuff. I wonder how much they have actually, because you know, I was I have a story here, a couple of stories about Netflix uh, in my in my in my chewing section. Okay, uh, and uh, one of them, and I was going to ask how much money, how much money, because they're giving uh, Martin Scorsese's upcoming Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. All right, could become his most expensive film. He's got a budget of one hundred and forty million, wow. and he's going over that. Wow. Okay, and that and he's because he's, he's going to be with De Niro. Yeah, and it's supposed to be about um, the Irishman, but a uh, mobster, uh-huh. and they go back in time. So De Niro's got a young up, and so it's costing them a fortune in uh, fortune in all CGI time. So, and whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, I don't know. How, they look, there's stories about how much money they spent on the Super Bowl and how much they're spending during the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And they're killing cable TV. That's what they're, they're spending all this money mm-hmm. with cable television. But they're out to kill them. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're starting now with uh, brand integration on the Netflix shows. And they're talking about how, you know, that companies are more and more doing it. People want to see the brand integration so they don't have to watch the commercials. Sure. So they're just inserting the commercial into the content right with the brand integration but they've got to work it out it's taking a little bit long for them to produce shows with the brand integration because the salespeople go out and sell you know bill's shoes uh-huh. so they've got to work into the into the talk and the walk of the show bill's yeah. shoes yeah yeah although like if if you're client is mercedes oh it's yeah that's pretty easy course. to integrate of that. course absolutely pretty easy of course 
I mean, the easiest, the easiest without even having a car is just drop the Mercedes keys in the bowl, right, as you walk in the house. Yeah. So you have the Mercedes key, you know, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. just first thing that comes to my mind. So, I mean, that's that's amazing. They just keep spending cash, man. Yeah, the product placement thing, I think, is going to become a big, Well, we big talked deal. about that forever, yeah. doing that. And, and companies, well, companies were opposed to it. Uh-huh. You know, they, in, they went, the, years ago, you know, the cigarette companies used to send cigarettes. Yep. To the TV shows. Smoke. We want you to smoke. And it worked. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you couldn't send product to TV shows. Or it was just weird how they were doing it. You see some shows that wouldn't show you the Coca-Cola can. Mm-hmm. And you'd go, they blurred out the Coke can? What the hell are they doing? Right. <laughs> it's stupid. Right. And so now they're, you know, they're back to it. And now what, right now you're almost back to if you don't have a sponsor... What do you drink? Oh, I always thought they blurted out because it was a naked cola can. Is that not right? I mean, it might have been. I okay. don't know because it was blurred out. Yeah. You don't want to see. Know. You don't want to see the can's genitals. You don't. You don't want to see that. Nobody wants to see that, right? Well, except you, nobody. Jeffy, what's up with your glasses, man? What's going on with your what glasses you today? There's like a screw hanging out the top. Yeah, I know. Well, they broke <laughs> earlier. Okay. And they, well, they didn't break. This screw came out. Okay. Right? And it's gone. All Can't right. you put it back in? So I went. Is this engineers have screwdrivers. You know what a screwdriver is, right? So mm-hmm. then I went, no, the screw is missing. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay? It fell off. The oh, so missing. this is not the original So I screw. put them together and went into the, I don't want to say this too loud, I went into the little engineering room back Oh, here. no, I go and in this, there, dude. This little screw, tell them. it was just laying on the table. Yeah, there, there so you I go. Took it. Yep. And it doesn't fit quite right, but it's keeping them together. There you I've go. had to walk around the last mm. hour with these glasses. I don't want to take them off because I don't want them to fall apart. And I did. I almost came in with duct tape on them. But then I thought, eh, the screw will be better. Would have been yeah. very attractive. I know. Yeah, I know. Well, just proof that you can do anything with duct tape. I mean, you got any? You got any of the other stuff we got left over? Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder if that hold my glasses together. The oh, the flex, flex seal. seal. Yeah, yeah oh, I mean, finally, you took it home. Finally, the little added like a I, piece of tape. That's left. what I thought. Yeah, I didn't take it home, so what? somebody must have stolen it. Oh what? boy, my my oh, boy. incredible supply. Anyway, next. Uh, anyway, next. Next story. I mean. Go ahead. I mean, let's. I mean, what else you got? I mean, enough glasses talk. <laughs> he asked. <laughs> yeah. I know. Sorry. Now you've explained. I distracted him. Move on. <laughs> I know, but I was talking about this screw, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, United Airlines flight landed safely yesterday in Honolulu after uh, they were flying, and the engine cover came off during the flight. Oh. And you say to yourself, hmm. well, you know, I mean, that happens from time to time. You know? <laughs> it does. I mean, from time to time, you know, you're flying around. I think how scary it would be, right? Oh. I mean, you know, the engine flying. But what made me know about this story was that I'm, I'm cruising through Twitter, uh, cruising through Twitter last night, and I see the tweet from Hadadad that has a picture of the, the engine through the window. This is, a, this is the world we live in. Right, he's on the plane. Mm-hmm. He's on the plane. Takes a picture of the engine with the cover off of it, with the uh, manual of the flight. He goes, There's no. <laughs> the tweet is, I don't see anything about this in the manual. And the plane. <laughs> really funny. That's good stuff. Now right that, that is good stuff. That's really Comedy. funny. However, it's funny, but not really. Yeah. It's not funny if you're on that flight. You ain't lying. Well, it's I mean, funny he was on the land. flight and it's he was funny. It's funny once you land. And they did land. They uh-huh. did land safely and it was shaking and they had everything, you know, obviously it was an emergency and the, they had everybody waiting in case the plane crashed, in case it had an extra hard landing, but the pilots brought it down safely. It was just, a, you know, a, a little bit harder landing than normal. But it, as soon as that came off, it started ripping and shaking and people were like, oh boy, here we go. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but in today's world, I mean, on the as the flight is 
having struggles continuing mm-hmm. its flight to Honolulu. We're already getting tweets. So wait yeah, a minute. Yeah, that's true. Well, maybe you take that picture out your window and you just kind of discreetly tell the stewardess, <clears throat> flight attendant, and then you guys just walk up with your phone together with the picture. Mind if I uh, show this to the pilot? <laughs> well, Instead at that of just time, passing it around and well, telling everyone. at that time, they already knew. Okay. Because, I mean, the plane was shaking and going okay, crazy. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. He was, just, he was just actually being funny, which he was, gotcha. uh, opening up the flight manual. I'm sure, I'm sure United <laughs> Airlines thought it was hilarious. Yeah, they, they loved it. <laughs> uh, Spurs coach Greg Popovich. What a, what a good guy. Guy's I mean, a deep bag. He's a good guy. Uh, he was asked by a reporter last night uh, why it's important for the NBA to celebrate Black History Month. And, uh, of course, being the uh, the coach that who once labeled Donald Trump a soulless coward mm-hmm. uh, and has uh, you know said other things uh, throughout his uh, career that uh, anger people, he had this to say. Well, I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, the league is uh, made up of uh, a lot of black guys. You know, so to honor that and understand it is pretty simplistic. Uh, how would you ignore that? Uh, we don't. But more importantly, you know, we live in a racist country that hasn't figured it out yet. It and it's always important to bring attention to it, uh, even if it angers some people. You know, the point is that you have to keep it in front of everybody's nose. They understand it still hasn't been taken care of and we have a lot of work to do. What an a-hole. I really hate that guy. Now. What an a-hole. I mean, I mean, we're still paying for the eight years of Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. You're right. Now, this guy may have been a dirtbag. You know, I'm sh- I mean, this guy's been a dirtbag for a long time, no question. Mm-hmm. But for for him to just keep throwing the racist That we're racist. In the, go live somewhere else then. Please go live somewhere else. And and find, the, you know, a Shangri-La that is yeah. Norway or Finland. Go ahead. This guy sucks. I was just explaining to my kids last night how cool it is watching the Olympics and Look at this. Teams from China all look Chinese. All the athletes from there. All of the athletes from Norway, they look Norwegian. Look at America. You can't tell other than the uniform because we have every race represented. And we're the only ones. I know. And we are the only ones. Don't tell me we're racist. We haven't figured it out. Like every other country on earth has this wired. Really? Is that why there's only one race in every other country but ours? Pretty much one group of people live there. Yep. Yeah. You know how hard it is to get Japanese citizenship? Why? Because uh, they don't no, want anybody, anybody but Japanese there. there. That's right. why. That's why. Why are there only Mexicans in Mexico? Because they don't, don't want, want anybody white there. people there. They don't want whites and blacks in Mexico. They want Hispanics. Amen. I, don't tell me we're racist. I, I mean, we just know nothing douche. It, it just... Ugh. Makes me so angry that the reason <laughs> mm. that he even has a job mm-hmm. and making, I'm sure Greg Popovich's contract is uh, a well-paid contract. Yeah. Greg isn't in the soup lines. No. Okay, I don't know what Greg makes. I'm guessing twenty a million a year, no, maybe not more. That much? No? no, I bet he does. NBA coach? Yes, no, not that much. But probably it. five. I got, I got it. Okay, I bet. I bet he makes. Uh, you know, we'll. He Pat probably says five, let's say 20, six but, million. He makes six okay. million a year. All right. All right. So he's a pauper. I apologize. Uh-huh. <laughs> I apologize. It's not 20 million. He's barely making it. Yeah, he can't. Be, uh, well, no wonder he's pissed. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just, come on, man. It's so irritating. Of course the NBA is going to celebrate Black Christmas. They should. Mm-hmm. That's their deal. Mm. But that doesn't mean that we're racist. 
I'm sorry. There's a whole bunch of white people that watches the NBA. Whole uh, bunch. There's white people. Whole bunch of white people plays basketball, watches basketball, and are in the NBA. I mean, it just, and that's pretty exclusive to have Black History Month when there's white guys in the NBA. What about including them? Oh yeah, isn't that Ooh. non-inclusive? Sure is. Sure is. Sure All is. Right. That's chewing the fat with Jeffy. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, we were talking about the school issues a little while ago. Got some tweets about those. Uh, GD Chapel writes, remember the good old days when teaching high schoolers how to use condoms was the controversy? <laughs> Man, those those do seem like the good old days. Oh, boy. From uh, Dylan Lyles. Preach it, brother. Public schools are horrible. We pulled our nine-year-old and started homeschooling last year. I've assumed homeschooled my whole life, and I won't let my kids back into another public school again. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is a legitimate alternative that I think a lot of people should consider, if you can. Now, not everybody can, but I highly recommend it if you can. Because yep. uh, it's getting bad in the public school system. Uh, from Kristen... So, Keith can't wear a hat because it's unsightly, but you guys let Jeffy on camera? <laughs> okay. That's an excellent point. Okay. My head is cold. I ain't a hard to argue with that. Very cold. I mean, there's some inconsistencies here. Uh, all right. Republicans have erased completely now, according to polls, the Democratic advantage in the generic congressional ballot. You know, it was... When you put up a generic Democrat against virtually any Republican for a while, the Democrats were ahead by, in some cases, 15 points. I mean, it was double digits across the board. They wiped it out completely now. Uh, For the first time since April, it also shows President Donald Trump's approval rating equaling the percentage of voters who disapprove of his job performance. 39% of registered voters say they would support the GOP candidate for Congress in their district, while 38 would back the Democrat. That completely wiped out the deficit and turned it in uh, to an advantage now by a point. Nearly a quarter of voters, 23%, are undecided. That's still a pretty big block of undecideds. Voters are split almost evenly among, along party lines. Democrat voters break for their party 85 to 5 Republicans vote for the GOP 84 to 8. Well, we're more open-minded then. Aren't Republicans more open-minded than Democrats? <laughs> Among independents, 26% would vote for the Democrat, 25% for the Republican, and nearly half, 49% are undecided. Wow. Now, I mean, so much can happen between now yeah. and November when a lot of the House is up for re-election, and a number of senators are up for re-election. And certainly there's a long way to go before the next presidential election. 
But things have definitely turned around in favor of Republicans now. Uh, apparently, uh, the president is underwater still with independents. 39% approve, 49% disapprove. Uh, with Democrats, 16% approve of his performance, 80% disapprove. It's almost the exact opposite for Republicans. 82% approve and 16% disapprove. As with the generic ballot, other public polling is less rosy for Trump, but there's a, a definite improvement here over the past two months. His average approval rating is up to 41%, uh, which and it was 37% just back in mid-December. Uh, plus, overall, in the latest poll, and I think I can't remember if it was Gallup or not, but his approval in one poll was 47%, which I think is the highest of his presidency, right? The tax cut has definitely helped. Definitely, yeah. And definitely I, helped. I would love to see, if at all possible, a daily tracking poll that somehow weights his most outrageous tweets with his poll numbers as they tick up or tick yeah. down based on what his thumbs are up to, because that's mm. where his Achilles is. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for being here with us. 888-900-3393. Don't forget traffic and weather together every five minutes on the force when, all day long. Did we change it again? Oh, no, it's, you're right. It's for every four minutes on the fives. So that's uh, coming up again here shortly. Just, it doesn't work. Um, let's see. <clears throat> what, are you, what, are your, what are your thoughts on Trump's lawyer, um, <laughs> Michael Cohen, admitting that he paid off Stormy Daniels. He, it's been speculated, it's been reported that they paid Stormy Daniels $130,000 to keep quiet. Until now, there, there was no proof on that. Now there, now there is. Uh, Michael Cohen did and he claims it came out of his own pocket. He paid her $130,000 to keep quiet. Uh, the most, in the most detailed explanation so far uh, of the 2016 payment, Stormy Daniels or Stephanie Clifford, uh, Cohen says, neither the Trump organization nor the Trump campaign was a party to the transaction with Ms. Clifford. And neither... <laughs> reimbursed me for the payment either directly or indirectly the payment to ms clifford was lawful and was not a campaign contribution or a campaign expenditure by anyone wow why did you need to make it though what's the deal there he declined to answer several follow-up questions including whether donald trump had been aware that he made the payment why he made the payment or whether he made similar payments to other people over the years. He answered none 
of those fairly interesting, intriguing questions. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> Is it, I The guy admitted they paid her off. Where do you go from here with this? His statement about what he called a private transaction uh, was the first time anybody had acknowledged a role in uh, making this payment. In fact, it's the first time, to my knowledge, that they acknowledged that there was a payment made. SETI uh, had given a similar statement to the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, in response to a complaint filed by Common Cause, which is a watchdog group. They contended that the payment uh, was illegal because it came from his campaign funds. And this seems to be Cohen saying, no, it didn't. It came from my own personal account. Okay, but why? Okay, I've got a hypothetical. Why? Here we go. Mr. Trump, I am your attorney, and I charge this much per hour. But uh, how about today, I work (laughs) for an hour for you, and it costs $130,000 an hour as my fee. Yeah, I mean, you could do that. Uh, this is, oof, this is not good. Yeah, it doesn't seem. T- no, it's not ideal for. I mean, this is just. Come on, if someone is going to pay off an accuser on your behalf, hmm. mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be your attorney. I mean, that just in of itself looks bad. This guy, I he better hope this was out of the goodness of his own heart, or he could be seeking some sort of repercussions as well in his profession. It's interesting because. It could also be this. Trump could have given him, given him $130,000 cash or whatever mm-hmm. and said, you know, pay her. Pay her. Right. An hourly rate of $130,000. Is it more likely that a billionaire paid her than the lawyer? I don't know. I, but why are they paying her? I haven't heard the explanation on that. Are they just going to ignore that? Because mm-hmm. then people will speculate, well, they admit to this now because they paid her to be quiet. Now, the only explanation, I think that they have to get kind of out of the affair with the, other than the fact that it was 12 years ago and it doesn't matter now. That's the only other explanation is that we paid her off to stop her from making false allegations against the president. We didn't, we didn't need that nonsense. We didn't want that nonsense. We said, okay, what if we give you $130,000? Will you not keep saying this please? So we don't have to battle that too. (sighs) That's possible. But it sure looks like he had... This is why we asked the question a, a month or so ago, two months ago, whatever it was. If he did it, does it matter? If Donald Trump had sex with this porn star right after his wife gave birth to his son, is that a big deal to you? So you've either decided <laughs> yes or no. And I think most people have decided, no, it's not a big deal. Because it was 2006. It was before his presidency. It was before he ran. You know, he's changed since then. Seems to be the, the the opinion of evangelicals who defend him on this, right? Well, he's not the same. In fact, was it uh, was it Falwell that said, or uh, one of these big evangelical guys said, ah, he's changed a lot since 2006. He's not the same man. He doesn't do this kind of stuff anymore. So we've moved on. Okay, well, that's reasonable. But we're going to have to decide, (laughs) again, does it matter? If not, why doesn't it matter? If if we decide it doesn't matter at all, um, character can't be an issue with candidates anymore, right? 
because we've completely lost that argument. So if there's a douche who runs for office and is a Democrat, they've got all kinds of ammunition to say, well, you didn't care about any of this stuff with Trump. Why do you care so much now? Shut up. The lack of consistency is going to, you know, maybe be an issue. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, I just don't know. I am so excited for the future. Yeah, of our good. country. It's bright. We're gonna have to wear share sh- shades. It's <laughs> it's so bright, and we might have to share the shades because there's not going to be enough to go around. No. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Keith Ellison, uh, the second in charge of the Democratic National Committee is now pictured um, when he attended a private event with Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan and Iranian President Hassan Rouhani in 2013. Ah, so? Mm -hmm. Anti-bigotry organizations have long pegged Farrakhan as a racist and anti-Semite, you think? I mean, the guy has praised Adolf Hitler. He's got an obsession with Jews. And his belief that white people are subhumans created by an ancient African scientist. <laughs> Plus, there's the mothership thing with Farrakhan, right? Oh, yes. Um, That's epic. Trying to think what the deal was with that. It was, uh, I mean, he. there's so many things with Farrakhan. It's hard to decide uh, which one to get into. Yeah, it's so funny with uh, Farrakhan because I recall right after 9-11, uh, I think he was in the hospital when 9-11 happened or in the hospital shortly thereafter. And I specifically recall him saying, I laid there in the hospital bed staring up at the ceiling and uh, I thought about how, you know, whites and blacks, we should get along and be more civil now and come together. That didn't last more than, oh, say, four or five minutes. That seemed to go away quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the mothership. Okay. You told congregants just before the uh, Million Man March mm-hmm. at a Washington church about the Mother Wheel, a heavily armed spaceship the size of mm. a city which will rain destruction upon white America mm. but save those who embrace the nation of Islam. It sounds like gibberish, but <laughs> maybe you can explain it. Well, sir, you can ask President Jimmy Carter if it's gibberish. You can ask some of the astronauts who went up and saw it if it's gibberish. Wait a minute. Jimmy Carter says there was a mothership waiting up there to destroy white people and protect blacks. <laughs> That's who no. you lean on as your first character witness? Uh, Come and, on, man. Uh, some of the astronauts have said that. No, no, they have not. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what the deal is there. <laughs> on the front page of the Washington Post uh-huh. several years ago, a Japanese pilot was mm. flying across the Bering Straits and he saw something in his uh, radar Mm -hmm. that looked like two large aircraft carriers joined together in terms of size. And an aircraft carries 440 yards long. Mm -hmm. Two of them together would be a half a mile by a half a mile. This is that wheel that was spoken of in Ezekiel that has become a reality. It's over the heads of us in North America. And soon you shall see these wheels over the major cities of America. It is above top secret by the United States government. And Uh if it were gibberish, they made an awful lot of money, Mr. Koppel, on that movie called Independence Day was about that which you call gibberish, and it flooded the theater. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Lewis. Uh, Independence Day was a fictional tale. Hmm? 
Wait. It was not meant to be a documentary. As much as we joke about things being documentaries, <laughs> that's not a documentary, my friend. Nobody believed that was true. It was for fun. Huh. Uh, it's called Hollywood. It, did, uh, it was fiction, uh-huh. and just for the record, there what uh, President Carter spoke about was a UFO. There was no specificity about the kind of thing that you're talking about. He was asked whether he believed in UFOs, and he said yes. And he said he saw it, and he said when he became president... He would open up uh, uh, that information, which he never did, That's but that information is leaking out now to the American people. <laughs> okay, okay. This guy is something else. Uh, and, and about Jews? He is the president um, of the United States. Mm-hmm. He makes a statement about people losing their homes and whatnot, gambling. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then his flight, his plane, stops in Las Vegas. And the little Jewish mayor wouldn't even come out to greet him. (laughs) The little Jewish mayor. Are you going to greet a president? Yes, I use the word because that's the way they think. Wow. You're nothing to them. Mm. Nothing to them. Okay, so anyway, this is the guy Keith Ellison, second in command at the Democratic National Committee, had dinner with, and Iranian President Hassan Rouhani, uh, a definite enemy of the United States of America. Just a few years ago, this guy was dining with these people. I, I guess, again, does that matter? Not to Democrats. They don't care. They couldn't care less. It's got to matter to somebody, though, and we got to somehow stand up and say, look, this is not right. This guy needs to be out of office. He needs to be impeached from his position. 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. To Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. I got this at Pat Unleashed. Hashtag tell Pat from DM. Mm. Come on, Pat. You, you guys all know Trump's sex with the porn stars happened long before he became the greatest Christian since Saul became Paul. Oh. Okay. I think oh, that's yeah. what you. I bet that's right. exactly what happened. Uh huh. And from Glenn and Murgis, given how Trump. Stiffed contractors, I can see how his lawyer paid it and did not get paid by Trump. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, not necessarily Trump fans there, perhaps. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. I love this story, too, because there's a guy in Texas, Ralph Alfred Friesenhahn of San Antonio, uh, who has four DWI convictions. Uh-oh tried to overturn his four-year prison sentence by arguing that the state's legal limit for drivers, blood alcohol level, it discriminates against alcoholics. (laughs) Okay. All right. I like this, actually. He insisted that the .08 blood alcohol concentration limit for Texas drivers doesn't account for frequent drinkers' higher alcohol tolerance. Thank you. 
He added that a protected class of alcoholics can be prosecuted and without having to prove that they lost control of their mental or physical abilities. Uh, Unfortunately, there is no protected class of alcoholics. He tried to claim there was because they're disabled. Well, there should be. I agree with him. They're covered under the Americans with Disabilities Act. (laughs) Okay. Unfortunately, Austin's third court of appeals disagreed with him on all of it. Wait, Austin did? Austin, Texas did? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Even in Austin, the third court of appeals said, no, the state law isn't unfair to alcoholics. It applies to all drivers equally and... Uh, alcoholics are not protected under the Americans with Disabilities Act. Check out that mugshot so. over there, huh? At the Blaze TV. Oh, there he is. He's hey, a handsome fella. Good looking man. Wow. So that guy has had four DWIs? <laughs> I can't see that. <laughs> you know, look. <laughs> okay. No. This is the only point I'm going to make about this story. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's that. Alcohol affects people differently. It takes a substantial amount of alcohol mm. for me to be inebriated. And so mm-hmm. I'm just saying that's a fact that some people are affected more than others. Oh, yeah. But if you're looking for equal protection under the law, I guess you do have to set a specific number. Yeah, there has to be a limit somewhere. But And, mm. and as, uh, uh, as the criminal district attorney said... So the guy who's prosecuting him said, you're, you're not being punished for being an alcoholic. It's the driving that's the problem, which is true. You don't mm-hmm. have to drive, right? Uh, there, there's Uber. There's all kinds of things you can do rather than drive yourself when, you're, when you've been drinking. It's making the decision to get into the 3,000-pound vehicle after drinking. That's the problem. <clears throat> uh, yeah. His convictions of uh, felony DWI have happened in 85, 90, 98, and then recently again. Uh, and they finally put him in jail for, in prison for four years as a result of it. Uh, so maybe a good safety tip is don't drink and drive. Maybe they'll lock him up with a razor because mm-hmm. he's got uh, quite a bit going on there. Yeah, with the beard and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the long and so hair. Forth. And the- mm-hmm. Oh, look at him. Spend all his money on At booze. least he's got the uh, he's got it all. Uh, he's got a like a rubber band around it or something. Yeah, around the beard. That's a good look right there. It rubber sure banded is. beard. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I'm when just. Uh, you look at that guy and you think, no way is he an alcoholic. There's right. no way that man has a DWI. Right. You know, like during the mm-hmm. course of a typical day, he's uh-huh. fooling the world. Uh huh. Because <laughs> he's he's showing up to work and he's just. Uh, He's able to function mm-hmm. normally. You can just see it in his eyes. And then it's just, I guess he lets loose at night. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And that's it. And that's it. That's it. Okay. 888 Natalie in New York. You're on the blaze. Hi. Hi. Hey. I'm, I'm calling about this, this uh, Ellison guy. Okay. Him and his social Democrats. The reason they're backing the Antifa, mm-hmm. you know what that means? Anti-free America. That's what those words mean. That's so not. Is, that's not what they say it means. But but if you take if you take A N T I, uh huh, and then you take the F A, uh huh, free America. Right. You could you that's could do why it that way. Man and his social democrats are 
attacking him. And I guess okay. if you see, I don't have a computer, but mm. if you check out George Soros, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, he's behind everything. Very good chance of that. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you, Natalie. We've we've talked about Soros actually in the past, and he's behind a lot. I don't know if he's behind everything, but he is behind a lot, and he does uh, he does fund Antifa, which they say is anti-fascist. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I think they're uh, probably anti-free America as well. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Did you say we have a we have a video of uh, Ellison? I think is so. Is that what you said? Yeah, something. Is that right? Am I being told we uh, correct information? Okay, let's uh, let's see what Keith had to say. Keith, that was that's why you're getting Hey, 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 That's actually not Keith Ellison. It wasn't Keith Ellison? Maybe but he was in the mask. No? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got confirmation that was not Keith Ellison swinging at people. I think that was Antifa. Okay. And the, I don't know. Uh, what exactly were we looking at? It, it was Antifa <laughs> fighting with non-Antifa people? Correct. And it was the ant- non-Antifa people that seemed to be coming out on top? Let's look at that one more time. Uh, see if I can catch it from the beginning hmm. and see who these... I mean, we, we seem to join it already in progress, but it's kind of interesting. In Seattle... No, Beverly There's Hills. a group of masked Antifa hey, protesters hey, that attack hey, these guys. Wow. What are you doing? What are you doing? What's up? What are you doing? Why are you not okay? Because you're pepper spraying us. Stop. What are you doing? So these guys aren't taking any crap. There was a girl that got hit in the face there at the end? Oh, boy. Uh, but they're getting pepper sprayed yeah. and they start fighting back. Hard to blame them for that. Right. And then she's just yelling, hey, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Who pays your salary? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Who pays your salary? Hey, hey, what are you doing? And so they're they say we're getting pepper sprayed and we're not and they're they're bashing the Antifa people. Huh. I'd like to see what began that. I, I'd like to I don't know the story behind that, uh, strangely. Hmm. Where is the story on that? We'll have to look into that. At the University of Washington, some Antifa uh, uh, protest apparently became somewhat violent, it appears. And it looks like the Antifa people were happily on the wrong end <laughs> of the uh, beating. <laughs> uh, I'm broken up about it. That's just sa- really sad. See, now that's, that's kind sad. of interesting. That happen. Because it didn't, like the sounds that you were making mm-hmm. didn't match what you said you were. Oh, really? Broken up. No, I, I was broken up about that. <laughs> I nearly wept when really? I saw him. Yeah. But you were laughing. 
Well, that was only to keep me from crying on the air, that's all. If we couldn't laugh, we would all go insane? Exactly right. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It's interesting. (laughs) It is interesting. A little weird. We're going to have to look up the uh, incident, though, because Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to know the story behind the video. That's interesting. Have you seen it anywhere? I haven't seen that tape anywhere else. Mm -mm. But I don't get out much, so... Don't ask me. Also, there's a digital privacy case now against Microsoft, which is expected to come before the Supreme Court this month, Hmm. could renew concerns about how government uses tech giants to fuel their worldwide spying efforts. At issue is whether the U.S. government can demand customer emails from tech companies like Microsoft, for instance, even when the emails are stored on foreign servers. Congress is also interested in the topic, and a group of bipartisan lawmakers this week introduced legislation to clarify the government's ability to demand cross-border data searches. If the proposed legislation passes, uh, the Microsoft case won't matter. Uh, But if the legislation doesn't pass, the Supreme Court will have to tackle this complex issue. Uh, For example... The law was used to justify a 2013 warrant that demanded Microsoft give the government the contents of an email that reportedly used was used for drug trafficking. The emails in question were stored in Ireland, so Microsoft refused. Hmm. Microsoft argued in a Supreme Court brief that there was no indication the customer is a citizen or resident of the United States. So we didn't have any jurisdiction, and they said, no, you can't have the emails. Hmm. Uh, Government intelligence and police agencies defend the practice, though, saying it it can deter serious crime, terrorist attacks, child porn, drug trafficking, and fraud. Privacy advocates, though, and whistleblowers, say it represents a gross violation of privacy protections by the Fourth Amendment. Here again, you have to know, what are we willing? Are we willing to give up freedom for security? That's what we're going to have to decide on a lot of these cases. 888-900-3393. More of your calls coming up here on Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. New stamp featuring Fred Rogers. Oh. And one of his show's popular puppets, King Friday oh, the 8th. That guy sucked. <laughs> King, King Friday, Friday sucked, man. Yeah. Why isn't he on there with the trolley thing? I don't know. Why you didn't like why didn't you like King Friday? What was wrong with him? That whole puppet stuff was a waste of time. Oh, it was wow. cheesy. Wow. But the trolley and then why the Mr. Rogers neighborhood hate? Taking him to I the mean, other places was fun, but mm-hmm. the King Friday crap. Give me a call. Oh, I mean. Yeah. Uh-oh. Hi, neighbor. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a new stamp. 
Would you be my, could you lick my stamp? Thank you, neighbor. Uh, isn't there, there's a, I think there's a movie coming out about him, right? Yeah, yeah, He's with like, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is As playing Mr. Rogers. Fred Rogers. It's kind of cool. But yeah. That's yeah. A cool stamp, huh? Mm-hmm. Mr. Yeah. Rogers stamp, long overdue. Yeah. Because he died in what, 2003 or somewhere in there? It's been a while. Dave in Maryland, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, King. Hey. Go ahead. Hello. Hi. Yeah, I just want to call in, uh, let you talk to someone that's uh, voted for Trump and still likes him. All right. Uh, what I don't have any gripes other than that, you know. You got no gripes uh, about Trump at all? No, okay. no. Okay, good. So you're okay with the payments to the porn star and whatever? Love it, love it. You love it. My wife doesn't like it, but I love it. Is that true, or are you are you just being a smart aleck? Well, she doesn't like it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, is she? Did she vote for Trump? Who? Your wife? No. No. Okay. No. Who? We, she, we've got a split household over here. Okay. All right. Well, I, wait, Dave. Uh, yes. Hold on. So, so Trump, in over a year in office in uh-huh. the campaign, has never Democrat. done. Any, he's he's never done anything to upset you. He's a Democrat. But so, he did what I wanted. Okay, so you're a Democrat. No. You're good. I don't okay, I don't, we totally lost me. Thanks, Dave. Well, that was <laughs> totally, that was good. totally and completely, I, I don't know what you're doing. Hey, is this Pat Gray? Hey, this is Keith in uh, Dallas. Uh-huh. Um, Trump's never done anything to upset me. That means you, you like Trump then? No. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how that went. <laughs> go to matt in minnesota hey matt welcome to the blaze hey it's uh your favorite gay liberal in minnesota good to um, hear from you hmm. yes sir mm-hmm. Rianz, so, Rianz, first you? of all you guys have been bashing liberals a little bit this no. past week uh-huh. uh, yeah i i know i know mm-hmm. um i hate north korea i just need to go on the record and say that <laughs> okay. um i do not love communism i love good. america i love democracy I am a liberal, not a Democrat. I am a liberal who stands for the U.S. Constitution. And as hmm. I've said on, on your show before, like, I voted for Jill Stein because <laughs> I hated Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And, like, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton weren't liberal enough for me. A lot of Democrats aren't. I hate Keith Ellison. Wow. I feel like he sold out to the Democrat Party, and he says a lot of crazy stuff mm-hmm. that I don't support. Okay. And... Like, I know that you said you don't want, like, Congress coming together with Democrats, like the Republicans coming together with the Democrats. Yeah. But I want to ask you, is there a way that, like, liberals and conservatives can come together? See, like, I love Mike Lee. Mm. I also love Elizabeth Warren. And I think that if we had more people like Mike Lee on the right and then Elizabeth Mm -hmm. Warren on the left, we could argue ideals. Like, that's what the founders wanted. I, I, I mean. Yeah. Wait. I, how do you, and, how do you, but Matt, how do you support the Constitution and vote for a socialist like Jill Stein, <laughs> who has nothing to do, nothing in common with the U.S. Constitution? Okay. <laughs> how does I'll that happen? Exa- I'll give you an example of this. All right. Um, so Jill Stein, she wanted to do a Green New Deal. 
That's kind of what sold me on that policy. She did not want to get rid of the energy companies. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to ban ExxonMobil or anything like that. She wanted them to, she wanted to incentivize them to move to green energy by 2030. All right. That's not, that's not a socialist concept. That's capitalism. Well, I mean, that's again, you, you, that particular policy may not be a socialist concept, but she has many of them. She has many yeah, socialist and, concepts. And, okay, so, like, here's where you and I disagree. Yeah. And here's what I mean by I'm, I'm a liberal. Uh-huh. Like, do I see more European liberalism as good things? I'll give you an example, healthcare. Uh-huh. If we are the greatest country in the world, I believe that every citizen should be able to get the health care that they need. Now, again, I don't know if that's economically feasible. I don't know how we could come up with that idea. Let me ask you this, too. Is it even constitutional? There's nothing about that in the U.S. Constitution that says that every American must be provided health care. That's not a thing. No, that is true. Mm -hmm. I give you that. Okay. But, you know, for us to do the... Each, everyone, you know, we're created equal in this country. We should, we we have the opportunity for happiness and, you know, Mm -hmm. a, a chance to not just survive, but to really live that American ideal and that dream. And I believe we're guaranteed the pursuit of happiness. We're not guaranteed the happiness that that comes with, with our you know, working for it and, and but, our decisions. So for, for example, Pat, I have like mental illness. I suffered from depression and anxiety and I've had to change healthcare four times under Obamacare. I hate Obamacare. Yeah. It sucks. It's very flawed, mm-hmm. but I'm on meds to treat anxiety and depression. So my point is like, I need certain things just to get through my day that, people without mental illness don't need. If there is a way for me to pursue the happiness by getting the medicine I need under a health care plan that is affordable for me, uh-huh. that's what I want for every American. Yeah. And again, I'm not sure how we get there, but I want to work with you. It's why I listen to Doc, Glenn, you, and not the Young Turks, because again, the Young Turks are too angry and got a little too far out there for me Mm -hmm. and it's again i don't have the answers as i've called in before and it's like hey man i'm trying to figure some stuff out but if there's a way to say hey pat i really love the constitution and i really love the american dream and i understand that you love that too and yeah we have many different ideas on how to get there Mm mm-hmm but is there a way that I can talk to you and we could maybe figure something out together? Like, that's what I want. That's yeah. what I want to strive for. No, I'd like that, too. I'd like that, too. Uh, there aren't a lot of Democrats who are open to that, however. And, and I, don't, I agree. Maybe not even Republicans. But uh, I will say this. Donald Trump has opened it up to Democrats more than Democrats have reciprocated. Right. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. But here's the thing. We hate the language that he uses. Yeah. And I think that's what like that's why I call in is because it's like I think that's where we fundamentally have an issue is like one side will hear language and be like, oh, that's offensive. I can't believe they said that. Mm 
mm-hmm. or oh look what Obama's saying. That's a social, you know, he's socialist, he's communist. It's like, well, what if we change the language, or, or what if we say, you, you know, could, is there a way? I don't know. I don't think Congress can do this. This is why nobody likes Congress. It's like, is there a way to say, hey, what do you mean by that? Or, hey, I'm offended by that. Is there a different way we could change that wording a little bit? Or maybe mm-hmm. I'm misunderstanding you. It, it, like, Yeah. It would again, be, yeah I, I, I see what you're saying. It, it would be nice if we could finally find a way to get together and have decent discussions and work this out. Uh, the division is so deep between us, though, so wide and so deep. It just gets more and more difficult to get that done every day. Can I ask you one last question, and then I'll let you go? Yeah. Can we all agree that Jeffy's fat and sucks? You better believe it, my friend. Least, right? <laughs> uh, yes. Common ground. That's what binds us together. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Appreciate the call. You know, I got to love that. You have to love coming together yeah. on the fact that Jeffy's fat. You have to love that. Yes, absolutely. But... Um, <laughs> Matt in Minnesota, <laughs> as great as you are, um, starting every call with um, Pat's favorite. favorite gay liberal yeah. individual. Um, a, it's I, presumptuous. Yes. But that, that just kind of takes Riaz Patel out of your life. And, um, <laughs> and that's a problem. That is a problem. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I've actually done an assessment of which one would be at the top of the list. And maybe I won't because we'll just we'll just leave, leave that out there and yeah. and let people wonder. Okay. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. All right, we have this video of the Antifa people over the weekend and the other people, and there is actually a story apparently on it. A uh, the story says this is from the right scoop. Uh, a big Samoan just knocked out. Several Antifa soldiers for no reason, just for pepper spraying. <laughs> See that it that kind of is the reason. You saw it. That Samoan dude just attacked them for no reason. They didn't do anything, you know. Ex- well, except for pepper spray people. Uh, these social justice warriors uh, were surprised that somebody actually fought back against them. So they pepper sprayed a bunch of these guys, and then they were shocked. When they got hit back. So great. Um, and, and they do claim the video is real. And there's not any more information on it. So mm. I, I don't know. Do, is there just an Antifa protest every weekend at the University of Washington? That could well be the case, actually. And these things might happen every single week. Remember when... The Tea Party was so frightening. Remember when the Tea Party rhetoric was oh. so violent? Oh, yeah, the Tea Party. They the were just tea knocking party. over they trash were, cans, throwing oh through my. windows, right? They were like killers. Kill, they, were they were burning killing things, people, burning, blowing a building, breaking, and, except for none of that, urinating. And, and in fact, oh. in the gathering of ours in Washington, D.C., where five to 600,000 people showed up, uh, they left a mall in Washington cleaner than when it when they got there let me tell you a true story from when we were at the mall in dc with glenn we left the mall in such great shape that my family and i were walking out near the washington memorial uh, a couple hours after everyone had broken up and gone home it was so clean mm-hmm. that a 20 dollar bill was flying by us that i grabbed 
that was the only piece of garbage left behind was a floating yeah. 20. So anyhow. I'll tell was... you another story. Hmm. The streets were so clean. We left them so clean How that clean you could were eat they? off them. Eat off of them? Yeah. You could, you could fry an egg on, on the pavement no. and just eat off the pavement. That's how clean it was. No. I call That's foul. how clean I call it was. Foul. It wasn't that warm. 888 More you? Pat Gray Unleashed. Did you eat it? Coming up. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Here on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, our favorite FBI agents are back in the news again. The wonderful Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. Mm. As two more likable human beings, I don't know if you can find them. I don't know if you can find them. This side of Adam Rippon, <laughs> uh, the skater who is so wonderful <laughs> and so, so, so likable. <laughs> Some pro-life organizations wanted an investigation to root out bias against pro-life activists inside the FBI. Uh, The call comes after more text messages between former bureau agents Strzok and Page were declassified. These are messages sent during the 2016 March for Life that show the pair's hatred for pro-life activists and a desire to cancel their march permit. Struck uh, texted to Lisa Page uh, this beautiful phrase. I'm sure he meant it with love. Hmm. Effing marchers making traffic problems. <laughs> Page responds, yeah, some extremely offensive video screens set up in front of the district. Blood and guts and gore. I truly hate these people, a-holes. Hey, I have an idea, wrote Struck. Snow emergency. Cancel the permit. Yeah, blood and guts and gore, but you hate the people who are showing you that. And, uh, you know, it's not fun to look at, I I grant you. But what they're trying to do is show you what abortion is all about. Blood, guts, and gore. Uh, You're killing a human being. That's what you're doing. So, sorry to inconvenience you with that. You know, the the hatred for people who are... for life by these abortion lovers i truly can't understand it i don't i can't put my head around uh, the love and affection they have for killing babies there is some just inconceivable thing in there that makes it really wonderful uh, that uh that bor- babies can be aborted now I know there's there's a certain amount of money in it somewhere, but I I don't know who's making it or how, frankly. And I really don't. I mean, yes, you're funneling five hundred million dollars a year to Planned Parenthood, and then as a result, the lovers of abortion are voting for you because of it. So that aspect I understand. Are they that powerful that you love them that much, or is it that you love? Babies being aborted that much. I, I it's just it's I just can't seem to understand it. The 
irrational hatred here. And here's this is kind of a problem too because now this has opened up in people's minds uh, a little issue of whether or not pro-life activists could expect to be treated fairly by the FBI and whether the Bureau will conduct a credible and unbiased investigation of Planned Parenthood and other abortion providers as they traffic in human remains. I think the answer to that is no, they're not going to. Could you imagine the outrage uh, if civil rights in the civil rights community, if members of the FBI had described them as effing marchers and a-holes when they were marching for gay rights or anything else? I mean, and their hatred for people, in fact, that they decided to, they wanted to cancel the permits of people for any leftist cause? What would be the outcry here? Would you hear this everywhere? It'd be on every broadcast. It'd be It'd be talked about on every show, every single show. Yeah, even if it were tongue-in-cheek and uh, you not bet. to be taken literally, even if they have no power to do that themselves, just the fact that two government officials were talking negative about a liberal cause, that would be apparently a newsworthy event. Better believe it. I, I This is one of the weirdest. Abortion is really one of the weird, maybe the weirdest issue the hardest one to to try to understand Um, because you you want to take away my choice on what I can have for lunch at school, but I should be able to choose to end a baby's life at any, any stage along the way. I mean, people like Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Hillary Clinton don't want any restriction on it. They, They don't want the right to choose be restricted at 20 weeks or 30 weeks or 40 for that matter. I mean, I'm surprised they, you know, I mean, what is the difference between partial birth abortion where they perform that as the baby is being born and killing the baby right after it's born? It's a matter of a few seconds. What's the difference? It's the same person at the same stage of life. It's like, I can kill them in the room, but when they step out of the room, I can't kill them. Well, why can you kill them in the room? That doesn't make any sense. Just because they went into that room, you could kill people? So, it's I mean, it's baffling to me. And But they, man, they cling to that right more than they cling to almost anything else in life. And they have the unmitigated gall to say... Uh, how come you fight so hard for the right to life uh, in the unborn, uh, but you're for the death penalty? Well, I don't know, because the guy who's been sentenced to the death penalty killed people uh, and did something so heinous against mankind that we've deemed that he must pay for that with his life. <laughs> the baby hasn't done anything to I- you, okay? <laughs> the baby is innocent. The baby didn't do that. Really? You can't quite comprehend that? Then just flip it around and say, why are you for the uh, bloodthirsty uh-huh. killer who's murdered 500 families or whatever? <laughs> that's that's where I was going to go next. little baby. You want to kill. <laughs> it's okay to kill. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's just amazing, isn't it? Truly. Liberals. Explain that one, Matt, in Minnesota. 
tell me, tell me about, tell me how that works in liberal life. Mm. I'd really like to know because that man, that is hard. Something we didn't get to today that uh, on this show that I uh, we touched on as I filled in for Glenn is uh, this idea by the uh, by a writer at the New York Times Magazine that maybe it's time to actually ban porn. Maybe this is something we should get into tomorrow. Mm. Because it's a free speech issue, I guess. Sort of. Uh, but um, is it one that you feel like, yeah, it's everybody should be able to do this if they want to? Or is it causing so many problems in society and harming us so much that maybe it's a pretty good idea to ban it? We're going to talk about that with Jeffy in here? What did you say? We're going to talk about that with Jeffy in here? Uh, yes, well, Get his I mean, take on this? you know what his take on this is. <laughs> I, I can't even begin to formulate what his <laughs> yeah. thoughts I mean, would be on this. There's nothing more predictable than Jeffy's thoughts on banning porn. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, I guess that we were close to this years ago. When the clergy got together with women's groups who thought this was exploitation, mm-hmm. what happened to that? Mm-hmm. Women's groups don't seem to have any problem with porn anymore. They love it. They seem to love it. It's everybody's right. You should get as naked as you want, as often as you want. Be exploited that way. Uh, but don't have a man tell you how you look in the office place because that is over the line. Yeah, that's offensive right that's there. That's offensive. Like, you look, that, that dress looks really nice on you. How, how dare you? What? Well, no, I was just trying I to. I want co- you fired. What I want you fired for saying that. I paying you a compliment. How dare you talk about the way I look? Hey, you want to go look at some porn on my computer? Yeah. Is it, cool. Uh, you got something right now? I mean, That'd if you got great. a particular fetish, I'm <laughs> sure we could find something. Yeah, all right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Hang on to that number. Use it tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Right here uh, on Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.